In a world where 80s is considered retro, comics now dominate the movies, and toys grace the shelves of every IT call center, we are the The Near Mint Fat Boys. To the next edition of the Near Mint Fanboys podcast, uh, where we will talk about well, whatever we feel like talking about, and uh, usually that's comics, toys, movies, uh, everything to ensure us will never get a date on Saturday night. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm Chase, and we have you know, <laughs> this is Fred. <laughs> I just lost it. <laughs> That whole date comment through me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm very like, I was like, I have, a, I have a girlfriend, but he's right because I work on Saturdays that I never oh, and So I'm, I'm assured I never have a date. Boy, that's the way to start a podcast, I think, guys. Yeah, really. We're trying to relate to the listeners. Yeah, nothing. No, we never claim to be professional around here. So, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, how y'all doing today? We're doing great. Doing good. I got my second wind. Second wind, wow. <laughs> or do we want to pull the curtain back that much? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good night, everybody. <laughs> so, what, anything new going on with you guys? Or? No, I mean, we've had some conventions here in the uh, area and everything. And we've been talking about, we just had uh, San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, um, we talked about that last podcast. Yeah, and uh, I don't think we've talked about uh, some of the local conventions. Oh, absolutely. Dallas Comic Con and stuff like that. Absolutely. Uh, we... Well, here in the Dallas area, we always have tons of shows, but it's in June. We always have our biggest show, which uh, is the Dallas Comic Con. I guess it was the Dallas Comic Con Fan Days, is it? Or is it Fan uh, yeah, Expo? It's, it's yeah, I always forget. Dallas Fan Days. Yeah. Is, I believe what it's, uh, it's presented by Fan Expo. Yeah, it's it's a big show. It's gotten bigger uh, as the years gone by. I mean, the show used to be in the uh, Irving Convention Center, but got so big they had to move it to downtown Dallas, yeah. to the convention center out there. And uh, this uh, last show was quite amazing. It had a lot of... Uh, most most comic conventions nowadays are kind of geared towards more of the pop culture, become pop culture shows, so you get a lot of people from a lot of the movies and TV shows. But uh, this year was different, is where they really made it feel like a comic show again by getting some... Uh, some very well-known comic guests. Uh, they very much did. This yeah. uh, guys like uh, Frank Miller, for example. Uh, Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello. Uh, uh, Azzarello, thank you. Uh, uh, you know, Andy Kubert, uh, Ryan Otley, uh, even uh, uh, Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane, you know, yeah, J. Scott Campbell, uh, Neil Adams, who uh, once again I worked for. Uh, That's right, man. That was it the last three or four times yeah, this he's been here. I've been here the last three times he's been here. I've worked for him, and it's it's been an experience. Uh, How did that relationship start? Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> 
he was here. It was last year, last year at Dallas Comic Con, or the June show, and uh, I got a phone call from Brian saying, uh, "Well, they had Neil Adams in store signing yeah. again." And uh, they, he was telling Brian t- called me and told me, "Hey, they, Neil Adams needs some help with the show, uh, working in the booth." And asked if I was interested. I said, "Sure." So I came up to this to the store, the Duncanville Bookstore, and uh, we. Uh, introduced myself you know was talking to him and agreed to help him and uh yeah that's pretty much how it started yeah yeah, pretty much anytime neil's coming to town his uh his daughter or his wife contacts a a duncanville bookstore and asks if we they say we need we're coming in and we need uh people to help us at the booth do y'all have anybody to help and usually the only one who uh, chase is the only one we have that's regularly available to help uh, them out mm-hmm. and so i always pass it on to him and it's it's cool experience and uh, i'm glad he gets to do it oh I absolutely it's really cool absolutely i mean anyone who's familiar with you know who's been following us uh knows our love for neil adams um you know one of, one of my favorite things since we've started doing this podcast and uh, Fred, you've got the website up and running. I, lo- I loved the little uh, bio <laughs> information you wrote for each one of us, and uh, how what our nerd nerd credentials are. Yes, there were air quotes around the nerd <laughs> thing, uh, but uh, I just I love I love the credentials that you gave us uh, with Brian being a store manager at Duncanville Bookstore, and uh, you being a and kind of going into a little bit of detail on that you did with that. And then you did the same thing with yourself as being uh, a, uh, what was it, a Sith IT guy? Oh, yeah, an IT something Sith like Lord. That. Sith Lord, uh, IT Sith Lord, something like that. And you went into a little detail on that. And then when it came to my credentials, it was worked for Neil Adams. <laughs> Period. <laughs> That's right, folks. My That simple line makes my cred that much more important. <laughs> you know? So, uh, but yeah, it's always a fun experience working with Neil. Uh, He's a I, talker too. Oh yeah, he is. He he loves his voice. <laughs> well, that that be said, if you ever get a chance, more than just standing in line to even sign that, get a chance to talk to him. Yeah. I mean, I love Neil to death. Does he have a high opinion of himself? Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> but that's okay. I think it's fairly well deserved. Most people call that ego. Yeah, but well, know. no, no, that's that's the living planet. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, he's a neat guy to talk to. He's got a lot of really cool stories. And if given the chance, it's almost like sitting in your grandfather's uh, yeah. uh, living room listening to him tell stories. Yeah. It's it's really cool if you ever get a chance to experience that part of him more so than just going to comic uh, a comic show and standing in line waiting for an autograph and and neil is one of those guys that he wants you to talk to him he wants you to come and have a conversation he's a friendly dude uh it's that he thrives on that sort of stuff yeah uh he loves interaction with people i remember Um, the the first time the first time you guys had him signing uh, I got to throw it. I think it was like an all day, like a morning signing the very yeah, first time. Like, it was like, like 10 a.m. until or two or something yeah, like yeah. that. So I got there in the morning, and as soon as I I walked in the door, like there was already like a, a line of people at the table waiting for him. And he was already, he was telling a story where he was doing uh, other accents. And he was doing a French accent uh-huh. and a Japanese accent, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, what story is this guy telling? <laughs> Uh, and it was, and you know, I forget, I forget the story. I just remember it was hilarious at the end. But then, like when we were, he was doing a, a signing. I had, uh, you know, the prints that I got, uh, the comics that I got, and I had a a book which was, 
Tales of the Dark Knight, which was just a like an encyclopedia of Batman from the beginning up until the Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. And it in the and it had like you know how most books like that have like in the middle it'll be like color pictures, and most of them were Neil Adams covers. And uh, it was a book that was given to me by my uncle Bert. <clears throat> Who uh, who gave it to me shortly after my dad had passed away, and he had signed it, you know, Uncle Fish, which is the nickname I have for my uncle Bert because he used to take me fishing all the time. And I gave it to Neil, and I was like, "It's not a book that you know that you did. It's just a book that you know has a collection of stuff, and it has some of your work in it." And I told him the story and asked if he would mind signing. He's like, you know, and he was really touched by the the story. He didn't, and I asked him if he would sign it for both of us, for me and my uncle Bert, and he did it. And I've got that book on oh, there. Yeah. I gave it. To, or I didn't give it to my uncle, but I sent him a picture of it. And I was like, "I'm keeping the book, but I got this book signed for the both of us." <laughs> It's for both of us, but it's staying. Yeah, it's staying in my on my bookshelf. But yeah, I remember Neil I got, got a kick out of that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Neil is he's a great guy to work with, yeah. and uh, a lot of fun. You know, everyone associated with Neil is who I've worked with has been great. From a uh, you know his wife Marilyn, sweet oh, sweet nice woman. Lady. I mean, it's she's, she's like she's like a mother. Just yeah. don't call her man. No, <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> Uh, you know, my partner in crime, Becky, whenever she makes it into town for the shows, we me and her have a lot of fun. Even meeting uh, Buzz and Joel, uh, who are part of the group. Matter of fact, uh, Joel, Joel is uh, Neil's son, and uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, he was the character designer and animator on King of the Hill for the first three seasons. Oh, wow. So that's always fun. And then Buzz is just... Buzz is something else. I, I can't really, if you get a chance to meet Buzz at a convention, do it because he's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I, I can't I can't really put into words what it is like hanging out with Buzz, but it, it's always a lot of fun. But uh, in the three times I've worked for Neil, I've always had something cool kind of happen at each of these <laughs> shows. Uh, the first year, with the exception of working for Neil, because that alone was pretty cool, uh, where we were stationed at was uh, right across where uh, they had the Ghostbusters booth at. They had the Ecto-1. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, Ernie Hudson was there at that show doing signings. And so we were across <laughs> from where Ernie Hudson was. Now, while I didn't get to meet Ernie Hudson, he did brush by me as he was getting to his booth to, <laughs> to do a signing. So it's not every day you get you know, pushed out of the way so Ernie Hudson could get by you, you know. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the second time I worked for Neil was back in February. Yeah. Uh, at the, it was the uh, it was the show out in Irving. I can't remember what that one's called. Is that the Sci-Fi Expo? Or? Uh, it depends. Um, they they used to be called used to have the uh, uh, Dallas Comic Con. Then you have the Sci-Fi Expo, and then you'd have Fan Days. Well, now they've all kind of rolled into. They're all. Uh, Dallas Comic Con fan days, they're all kind of rolled into that one yeah. lump. But it used to be segregated where there'd be a little bit more sci fi element at the sci fi show. Dallas Comic Con would be more uh, comics and stuff, and then the fan days would be more about celebrities and things right. like that. Yeah. But they've kind of all rolled those together, and they do it basically three times a year uh, twice in Irving and once in uh, uh, at Dallas Convention. Center. Right. Well, this one was back in February, and uh, once again, I was, like I said, I was working for Neil, and Neil was kind of a last minute addition. Uh, he had he had a convention set up, and it got canceled, or he canceled. Anyway, he ended up last minute calling, seeing if he could set up at Dallas Comic Con, and they were able to, and they kind of set him off in the in a large back corner area, <laughs> uh, right by the General Lee. You know, he, <laughs> so yeah, and yeah, the Dukes were the Duke boys were there, so. Uh, 
That was oh yeah, that's right. Kind of cool. They so we were right by saw them doing the photos, the doing the uh, photo shoot there. But during the during the course of one of the days, uh, as we're working and you know trying to get, sell get people to buy prints and other items for Neil to sign, I'm I'm sitting there during a dead period looking at my phone, and then my again my uh, my partner in crime Becky she comes up to me and she goes, "Hey, look who's talking to Neil." So I look up, and I see Neil talking to this this kid with dark hair and his mom. And I'm just like, okay, Neil's talking to a fan. Big deal. But then I stopped, and I think, that kid looks familiar. And Becky, she goes, do you ever watch Gotham? <laughs> if anyone knows, Gotham, TV show on Fox about a young Bruce Wayne at, you know, and Jim Gordon during, you know, during those early years. Yeah. Well... The kid turned out, and I cannot remember his name, but the kid turned out to be the guy who plays Bruce Wayne yeah. on Gotham. So, got to meet him. Nice kid. Well, later on, they also bring the guy who plays Alfred to the booth. <laughs> so, got to meet him as well. Again, I'm going to blank on their names, but anyone who watches those shows knows exactly who I'm talking about. So, that was kind of a fun, neat experience. It's not every day you get to meet Bruce Wayne and Alfred. <laughs> you know? But were they fans of Neil? Or they just uh, well, you know, it's a, it's one of those things. Is uh, the kid came by? Well, I guess I'll call him Bruce because uh, <laughs> it sounds kind of demeaning to call him the kid. Though that is kind of a cool nickname. Uh, uh, he came by. And Neil had done a. Uh, he does a lot of different prints, a lot of uh, drawings, and he does a lot of stuff based. You know, he's done. Uh, portraits of characters from Gotham, from Arrow, from Game of Thrones, and all that. Yeah. And so he did a portrait piece of the kid. Do you have his name up? Yeah, his uh, the kid's name is David M- Mazzozo. Okay, so he has a picture. Of David. We'll call him David. Yeah, <laughs> and then picture. the guy who played Alfred is that Sam Petter Petterwee. Okay, so he had a picture. Sean Petterwee. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Okay, so he had a picture of David with a Batman image in there. So. He came, so David came, he got it signed, and got to meet Neil, and so he kind of looked around. So like I said, I came, went up to him, and I said, hey, nice to meet you. Enjoy your work, because even though I have my issues with the show, David's a, he's a pretty solid part to the show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he's an actor. I'm not an actor. You got to give credit where it's due. So, again, it was cool to meet him and uh, Sean uh, as they came by for a photo shoot later on in the day. Yeah. So, that was pretty cool. Uh, but I this year, this, this past June kind of trumped all that. <laughs> well, as we're setting up for the booth, I know uh, Neil Adams' booth, like I said, this past show was a very heavy comic show. Yeah. And... Immediately on Friday when I got there and was helping set up and getting ready to work, I noticed one of the other booths that was right next to us, and it was J. Scott Campbell's. Nice. Yeah. Uh, J. Scott Campbell, very popular artist right now. Uh, he's been active since, I think he first got his work, uh, known for his work on An Image during Gen 13. Um, yeah, I don't know that he did anything. Yeah, I mean, he, he mostly got known for his uh, image work. You know, working for Wildstorm Studios. And, but he's just blown up as in popularity in recent years. You know, mostly doing uh, cover work for Spider-Man. Uh, so, so yeah. So, he that was kind of a big deal. Because to me, he's one of those artists I grew up on. Uh, just a huge fan of. So, 
he was only there Saturday for, um, for a certain amount of time. So I made sure that where I was stationed at was right across from his booth. Yeah. So when he left, I could at least get the chance to say hi and <laughs> shake his hand, which I got to do. So yeah, there was a little forward thinking strategy <laughs> there. And once that happened, I was like, okay, there's my cool moment for this, for this con. You know, I got to meet J. Scott Campbell. I'm good. Little did I know that the next day was going to trump that. <laughs> As we're working, you know, it's, it's Sunday. It's the last day of the convention. And people are coming by. You know, this is the day where people come and buy stuff. Or they're getting to do everything they couldn't do Friday and Saturday just because of the crowds. Well, as we're sitting there, I noticed some this guy in a blue shirt who's being escorted around by volunteers. Yeah. And he comes by Neil Adams. He's like, oh, look, it's the legendary Neil Adams. Oh, I'm so excited. And he's talking and everything. And again, I notice all this. And he's getting, you know, shaking his hand and he's taking a picture. And immediately I realize who it is. It's Todd McFarlane. <laughs> nice. Uh, Todd McFarlane, for you, those who don't know, uh, became famous for his work on Amazing Spider-Man in late, very late 80s. Uh, created a fairly popular character called Spawn. <laughs> launched his own toy line. Uh, just <laughs> paid a ridiculous amount of money for baseballs. Yeah, I was about to say, like, he overpaid for a couple of baseballs. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, he's a true legend in this industry for what he did. I mean, he's one of the founders of Image Comics. Um Again, like J. Scott Campbell, he's an artist I grew up on. Was just I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's one of my all-time favorite artists, but yeah. I respect and admire the contributions he's made to the industry. I know what he's done. Yeah. So yes, I had to meet him too. <laughs> so as he was leaving, I you know got a chance to say hi, shake his hand. You know, almost had a geek, really geeked out moments before I get, regained my composure, but. <laughs> Still, it was it was really cool, and it was a lot of fun. And the fact that I, just being a in being able to have the opportunity to work for Neil Adams has allowed me the opportunity to meet and see people I never thought I would get a chance yeah. to. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I want to meet this celebrity and that celebrity," and well, all that would be cool just to see meet some of the creators behind some of the stories that we grew up on reading about the heroes and the villains they fought, you know, just adding to those great pieces of literature, you know, yeah. the, the modern day myths of our time, you know, it, it's really cool to, to see those people, you mm -hmm. know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone's got their, their types of celebrities they want to meet. And for me, it's a lot of these comic artists and writers. Yeah. So absolutely. yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool and a lot of fun and, you know, Talking about Todd McFarlane, you know, like I said, you know, he he, he didn't just do comp, contribute to comics. He kind of got made it, part of his name got big for a, his little toy company that just <laughs> keeps on going. You know, he is definitely uh, it's definitely true. He has made a uh, name for himself in the, the toy thing, uh, probably probably bigger than even his comic book, oh, in absolutely. my opinion, just yeah. because of all the stuff that he's done toy-wise. Yeah, because uh, he probably bought a Todd McFarlane toy without even realizing that it was right? something from his company. Uh, you know, and, you know, it's it's funny you were talking about because we had a similar conversation about this a couple of weeks ago. We were all eating lunch, and we just started talking about old toy lines that we had or things that we remembered when we were mm -hmm. younger. And, uh, you know, it was... Uh, 
it was kind of fun, and uh, you know, I think we'll bring up some of that stuff today. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Infantry troopers. Codename Grunt. Bazooka soldier. Codename Zap. Motor soldier. Codename Short Fuse. Laser rifle trooper. Codename Flash. Ranger. Codename Stalker. Communications officer. Codename Breaker. Machine gunner. Codename Rock and Roll. Counterintelligence. Codename Scarlet. Commando. Codename Snake Eyes. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. From Kenner's Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back collection, it's Millennium Falcon that you've put together. Batteries not included. Nice landing, Han Solo. Uh-oh, come on, Chewbacca. Stormtroopers are coming. Action figures each sold separately. Got them on radar. I'll fire the laser cannon. There's even a hidden storage hatch. Ready for takeoff. Jump to light speed. We're gone. On to the Death Star. Millennium Falcon from Kenner's Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately. Join Optimus Prime, Smokescreen, Tracks, Hoist, Inferno, Red Alert, and Grapple. And joining the evil Decepticons, Thrust and Dirge. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Transformers, We all know that there's a few toy lines that are the greatest toy lines of all time. Absolutely. You know, you've got you've got G.I. Joe, you've got Masters of the Universe, you've got Transformers, you've got Star Wars. I'm sure there's a couple other, but those are the four that, to me, everything else kind of comes under those yeah. things. Those are the ones that have transcended just being action figures or being just a cartoon or whatever and they've taken their their imprint and almost everybody will recognize at least something from one of those four yeah, toy lines. Absolutely. Like it defined yeah. that, that decade. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, as far as like uh, you know toys or properties and stuff like that like you can't talk like like we talk about the 80s a lot i especially do because <laughs> i haven't grown up for it but like you can't even talk about the 80s without bringing up any of those those particular toy lines well, that you and, brought up and you know and for me uh <laughs> as someone who was born in the early, very early 80s i had the opportunity to you know grow up in the 80s but you know i grew up to the 90s as well my entire childhood consists of 80s and 90s i mean i didn't graduate high school until 2001 so uh so for me it's i i see that transition from 80s and you know because as great as toy lines had i mean 90s had a lot of great toy lines too and so i mean but it was for different reasons you know stuff that was great in the in the 80s that didn't translate well to the 90s but a lot of stuff that wasn't great in the 80s didn't translate well or translated well into the 90s right so I mean, we'll definitely touch in on a lot of that stuff, and uh, man, it's it's just going to be a, just a toy conversation. I mean, any of y'all who uh, loved toys as much as we did, whether as a kid or even continue to to this day, you yeah, know, or on the table right now, or yeah. action figures. <laughs> yeah, we got all kinds. We you know we these mythic legends by uh, you know the, the four horsemen. Four horsemen. You know, we've got. Uh, a Deadpool here from the new uh, the the Marvel Legends line, um, the the new Devil De- or Deadpool Deadpool from the, Dead Devil Dead Devil Double Dead <laughs> Spider Man. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, and we've got some uh, some Hacks figures here from the uh, 
what's the name of the boss fight studios, boss fight studios. Hmm. you know so we're all three big fans of toys uh we collect various different things and things like that and you know we just kind of like to talk about them and uh you know you know, me, you know one of my my favorite lines is gi joe you know i it was just I, I think it's it's hard to argue that it's it was not the most successful toy line of the 80s into the 90s yeah absolutely uh i think the imprint of it and everything like that is just there they're definitely one of the best figures they were the first ones to have as much articulation as they do and i think they were standard for uh, previous forthcoming or uh, future forthcoming toy lines yeah. um you know, I think a lot of people tried to emulate what what GI Joe did and, and and their deal, and not so much the the military aspect for it, but just the amount of accessories, the amount, the playability of them, the size of them, the the vehicles that came with well, them, and things like uh, that. That's the key word you just said was play. For me, as a to- for a toy line, if the toys did not look fun, if they did not look like have a fun time playing playing with them, that let's face it. You know, toy. I mean, a lot of toy companies now they do adult for adult collectors, or mm-hmm. you know, or a lot of people that collect. I mean, first and foremost, toys are are meant to be played with. That's what their original purpose was. Right. You know, I from a personal standpoint, I can't stand buying a toy or action figure or whatever, and I, I don't see how people can keep it in the package and right. leave yeah. it there. You know, I don't know if they feel like, well, this is going to pay for college. You know, my kid's college <laughs> fund. Or, no, that no, no. I mean, there, there, there's a reason why toys from the '80s are, and even '70s and all that are so sought after. It's because people want to remember their childhood, and it's the reason they're worth so much. Is so few of them were kept in package for collecting wise. Yeah. They were bought to be played with. Uh, and that mindset changed in the 90s where, oh, well, I realized all these old 80s toys are worth something. Well, I'm going to keep my 90s toys in the package. <laughs> Problem is, everyone was doing that. Right. you know, And even to this day, people are still doing that, thinking these toys are going to uh, be worth a lot of money. But that's not always the case. Yeah. So to me, I mean, toys are meant to be released, as you like to say, Brian, released from their plastic prison <laughs> and played with. Yeah. yeah, you don't want any stinky beats. No, yeah. absolutely not. Oh, my friend uh, Wayne, who we, we you guys have met, we had dinner with oh, yeah. him once. Oh, yeah. Uh, somewhere, so, somewhere he's got uh, every figure from Phantom Menace uh, <laughs> still, still packaged. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably this get a retirement plan. <laughs> well, yeah, he could probably get rid of those by paying someone to take them. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, just but toys, man, so much. I mean, we just we just did a show. And hopefully, if you're following us, you've already heard the show. But uh, listen to that podcast. But now we just did a podcast for Masters of the Universe, and to me, that was that was the first toy line that I just. I, that was the first toy that I was introduced to and just gravitated towards. And as as I said during that podcast, I mean, it influenced so much of how I view certain things or as far as, you know, storytelling or toy lines and just that they really molded me as far as where I stand as a collector, you know, and even though I don't so much collect on Masters in the Universe or even in that scale anymore. Yeah. It's still, I, I still held that fondness in my heart because what, of what it opened up for me and in introducing me into toy collecting. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many different toy lines can influence so many different people, you know. And then there's, you know, there's the toy lines that, you know, 
Well, you had this one toy line. Most people had one toy line that they, they really gravitated to, it, and that's what they had the most of. There are all these other toy lines that, that we either had one of or remember seeing on the shelves and always wanted, but because it wasn't one of our main things that we picked up, we just never picked them up or only picked up one or two of them. Yeah. Things like that, you know. I mean, uh, one of the toy lines that I thought was fantastic, but I never had a whole lot of them. I wanted more of them, but just, just didn't get it because it was mostly G.I. Joe, and it wasn't. Sometimes the toy lines are in a different scale than what you what you normally get, and so to get a toy line that's a different scale, it doesn't mesh with your other toys. Yeah. I know as I played, I'd like to get all the different characters and play with them together. So it was hard, you know, say G.I. Joe with a mask figure. You know, <laughs> you've got this three-quarter figure and then this two-inch uh, figure or, or one-and-a-half-inch figure, whatever it was. Uh, and it's just like... Well, so we've run across a race of pygmies. You know, I, you know, it, it was a little harder for me to come up with stories to make them play together Absolutely. and things like that. But I loved the mask toy line. Yeah. I, I, I loved the characters. I loved the development of the story in it. I loved the vehicles that were that weren't quite transformers. That you know, because it's the one thing that with transformers, with you had the cartoon show and you had the human characters, but with the toys, you never had those two things together. Yeah. Uh, because they just they just couldn't do it or they didn't want to figure out a way to do that, and that's fine. I mean, Transformers is a very successful line. I'm not knocking it. I had Transformers. <laughs> I like them. Uh, but Mask was a little bit more so for me. Yeah. I, I liked the vehicles transforming. I liked the little missiles. I liked seeing how they would convert a Jeep into a jet boat, you know? <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was really neat, and yeah. it, it was a lot of fun. Um, they were, again, a little bit smaller scale, but I really liked the figures. I liked that the masks had the powers and stuff like that, and it was just, it was really cool. And I've always been a big vehicle guy, so when yeah. you have these vehicles that are transforming and, and doing this stuff with the little characters, it was really fantastic for me, you know? Yeah. They're a good portable toy for, yeah. like, trips and stuff Absolutely. like that. The figures are small. The yeah. vehicles, as detailed as they were, were small enough that you can carry with you. Mm-hmm. Remember the, the first one? When I bought, we were still living in South Texas, uh, but we were va- on our on vacation. We stopped in in uh, Brownfield outside of Leveland, where we all met. Uh, and I went to like a, a Montgomery Ward or something like that, and found like the the first mask vehicle that I bought was that green motorcycle that turned into a yep, helicopter. Yep, yep, we had that one. Oh man, and that and pl- I mean, being on a road trip, like I was just like you well, know, it, it didn't take up any space or anything like that. And I loved that that one. I'm still trying trying to find that one again. Do you all have that one at the store? Uh, no, we don't have much <laughs> mask at the store. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, if I my way, that. idiot comes in, is coming into my house. Huh? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that's a good line. Yeah, just. Uh, there's so many great toy lines, you know, and for someone like myself who, you know, was traveled a lot as a young kid, you know, you wanted, you had to occupy your time, you know, and a lot of that was playing with toys in the backseat of the car. And (laughs) I would always go through phases on what I was playing with at the time, but I, you know, a lot of, a lot of GI Joe stuff was taken because, you know, (laughs) I could always bring a lot, a lot of figures and like usually one vehicle and I was good. Right. You know, and I, it was, I always remember going and, uh, yeah, I, I I always had my, my favorite GI Joe figure, uh, was the, uh, snake eyes from 91. Uh, it's just, it was my first snake eyes. Which one was that one? 
Uh, that one no, was, it was the, the blue one. It was the, the blue one. He had the gray vest, red visor, and he had the backpack. <laughs> he had the yeah. That's when they were doing that's the neon colored weapons. Yeah. That's when they started. That was when they were starting to do all that. Yeah. Uh, and he had the backpack that had the neon colored grappling hook. The grappling the hook. Yeah, that's yeah. a good figure. I like that. Yeah, had, like the big orange goggles. Yeah. yeah, and then the neon orange swords. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that one. Again, that it was, was the, the uh, third thing. Yeah. No, it was the fourth thing. Yeah, fourth right. I have a reissue about that third one. Uh, yeah, it, again, it was my favorite, still my favorite vintage G.I. Joe figure, and I took that thing everywhere. You did, hey, I'll attest to that. Uh, <laughs> and, we fixed a couple of rubber bands on him. Yeah, and uh, I remember, <laughs> you know, every time we went and I got to play with the, get a new toy or you got a new G.I. Joe, you know, I would always go and I would always kind of gravitate towards like the vil- like some of the Cobra Troopers yeah. or whatever, because then I had a villain for my Snake Eyes to fight <laughs> on the right. trip. You know, so, I mean, there's it's just that fondness for that. And, I, you know, I think, you know, a lot of that helped with, again, my create some of the creativity and stuff and preference is yeah. going forward. Uh, so, uh, guys, you know, well, I, I was going to talk about, I mean, we, we heard in the He-Man conversation one of the first figures you remember having and everything like that. And I, I, I'm sure you know about these, and you may even remember me having some, but I don't know about you, Freddie, but one of the first figures I remember having yeah. was Amigo figure. Oh, yeah. Taller. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I had a Spider-Man. I think I have, might have had a Hulk. Yeah. Um, and I might have had, like, a Batman, probably, yeah. or, or, or a Robin or something. I didn't have very many of them, and mm-hmm. I, they didn't last long, because I, I, I don't even remember what happened to them. Yeah. But I do remember having them. I do remember buying them. They were in the boxes mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. So uh, those were some of the, the first figures that I remember having. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, and they were some of... Uh, Again, I mean, why well, I believe they were some of the first superhero-related toys ever yeah, released, yeah. and uh, that kind of there's a lot of fondness for those, especially from the action figure collectors. Because really cool, yeah. yeah. And I think they, along with the likes of uh, GI Joe, the original 12-inch GI Joes, you know, that's what what led to the action figure market, right? You know, uh, you didn't see really the explosion of you know action figures until. The late seventies, early eight, into the eighties, but yeah, Mego definitely, you know, they they opened those doors, right? Yeah, um, I had the uh, yeah. Uh, uh, now that you say that, I think that would be my first action figures was the uh, I had the Mego Batman and the Mego Superman, and I, there's actually a, I have a picture somewhere. My parents have it. A Christmas when I got those, and the ones I had were on a, a, a card back, card back. The, the the blister card. And I, I remember I took them to school one day, and we we're playing with them out on the playground, and I left them there. Oh no! Yeah. Man. And I felt so bad. To this day, I still feel bad. Like I was just like, yeah. oh my god, because my mom bought those for me. I'm just like, oh my <laughs> god. So I'm hoping to like, you know, get those again in some form. Because I mean, Beagle still makes fair. One some company still makes. Those there's style there's a company that we've had some of figures. them before, yeah. but yeah, yeah, you can get some reissues. I have Beagles. a. A company that did, they only did a limited run of them. It's a Batman, uh, Michael Keaton, uh, Amigo that I have. And there was like, it's a certain number. I, I haven't opened it yet, but I'll probably do a review of it. But yeah, it's done in that that Amigo style. Oh, wow. Well, I know, you know, like I said, with the mask, there were some other uh, figures that I remember that were about the same scale as that. You had, uh, there was uh, I know Eagle Force. Which were kind of a military figure, yeah, but they were small metal figures. Yeah. Uh, and those were really cool. They had like plastic heads or rubber heads yeah. and things like that. But those were really neat. They had little black weapons and everything, but they were they were metal and they had that they were that 
they were military, kind of like the GI Joe stuff, but they were smaller, a little bit smaller scale. Yeah, I, I think they might have been just a hair bigger than the than the uh, mask stuff, but they were yeah. that kind of thing. Um, you had other ones that uh, oh, what was? There's one that they were. Uh, you could uh, they had little magnets on their feet. Uh, Starcom. Oh man. I always uh, wanted that. That cartoon was really awesome. Yeah, but I never and, had. And any so of them. you had the star companies that had little magnets on their feet, yeah. and you could attach them in. But they were they were again a smaller yeah. little figure, but they had really cool vehicles, their vehicles and things were like that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the there was air raiders that was kind of like that too. Yeah, I had some of those. Uh, you know that that scale figure. You had the Dino Riders that had that same scale yeah. figures. Mm-hmm. You it's had another one I always uh, wanted, but never had. Um, oh, it's, uh, I wrote them down here. Uh. Sky Commandos or Commanders? Sky Commandos, Commanders. Mm, yeah, I have not. Written, yeah, Sky Commanders is what I have written. Now. Yeah, that one was. It's kind of like Mask or or. Uh, uh, well, they were like they're, they're the ones that were like the had the strings. Yeah, it was all about like you oh, attach yeah. a string out and they slide, and they have different vehicles that would, that would slide down the strings and it was awesome. But that was again that similar scale. Right now, one of the ones that I had a bunch of, and this is of course going into the to the early 90s and stuff like that and I just fell in love with them but again it was because of that nostalgia for mask and things like that it was yeah. exosquat yes oh yeah so I think they were a little bit bigger but not by much they were probably about three inch figures maybe they a little had these smaller cool like mech suits kind of yeah. like uh, 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 the power loader in aliens you yeah know? yeah it was just like, <laughs> so they had all these things in little guys with them and they were fighting this alien race and so you had some these alien figures who had these weird looking feet and big arms and they were a little bit bigger figures and they had their own little mech suits and it was really cool because that's when I really got into some of the customization and stuff because I would I'd buy a couple of multiples because there were some you didn't that you didn't see on the show yeah the that they hadn't didn't make figures for and I you know I thought oh you know these would be cool if what if they had an Arctic camo for this one or something <laughs> like that so I I would pull them apart and I would mask them off and paint them up and things yeah. like that and did a couple of those and it was fun well and they were really cool because for I guess. Well, they probably were what ten, fifteen bucks. Yeah, so. I think it was. I think it was like you know, fifteen bucks, ten or fifteen bucks for one figure with his exosuit. You yeah. know, the bigger ones were a little more expensive, but it was really affordable. It was affordable, and you got a lot. You got a figure. And they you all had like little missile. They had, they had weapons. You basically got a figure, weapons, and a suit uh, or vehicle. A vehicle yeah. for that. Well, price. I mean, you can't beat that. Even today, uh, so I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was a very it was a very great toy line. Uh, you know, I remember you know for me, you know, a lot of the stuff I had, you know, I always played with everything together. And but you know, I I did some of the scale stuff and some of the, and again I ran it went into phases with what I had to play with. And a lot of the stuff, if it was a similar size, it all got played with together. And I had right. a lot of larger stuff. I remember. Remember having Brave Star? Brave Star, because they were like, uh, yeah, they yeah, were almost they were super tall. Yeah. Yeah. They were about eight inch figures, but, but they were, uh, they had, uh, they almost had like a laser tag mechanic built into them. Yeah, yeah. That? they had like a weird backpack that you put yeah, on. Yeah, and you'd shoot, and you you'd shoot the bad guy or whatever, and it would target him, and it would you know beep or right. hit yeah. him and things like that. Because we played with those a lot yeah. together doing that. Because you had the bad guy and Brave Star. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't think we had you had anything else. I had, I had their seats. Did you? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. 3030. I had 3030 and then whatever uh, Tex Hex Road. I had that too. I remember them having, you know, removable hats. Yep. Um, just a, a pretty cool 
action figures for the size that they were, and it, yeah. and it's a, it was an odd size for us because we didn't normally get action figures. Oh yeah, big. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, it was it was a lot of popular. It was well, it was popular. One of the things that was getting popular at the time. So you know, actually, I had I had to have it. You know, I also remember having uh, cops figures. Yeah, and uh, cops were uh, uh, again like most. Itch. Uh, toy lines in the eighties. You know they had a TV show and every or a cartoon show, and that we only got to watch if we went over to our grandmother's yes, house for cable. Yes, oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they were basically they were basically six inch GI Joes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't have many of them. They had caps. Yeah, they had the caps. <laughs> yeah, they had like the every caps. figure had like some cap weapon. Nothing better than a figure that smells like gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> they had That's why Thunder Punch and... Man is one of the greatest figures of all time. <laughs> uh, and that was not on one of those lists. We did. But it oh well. We did talk about it though. Yes. We were, yeah. But it was because we were, got it confused with uh, <laughs> flying fists. Yeah. Again. But uh, yeah, I mean, there were so many. Uh, but man, you know, t- as I mentioned earlier, you know, there were some toy lines that didn't trans that were, well, they may have been popular in the 80s. The theme didn't, was more popular in the 90s. And, you know, my introduction to comics in general was through uh, Superpowers and Secret Wars. Yeah. Uh, you know, Superpowers is one of the most beloved toy lines to this day, especially with comic collectors. Just, uh, just with the the overall construction of the toys, and I mean they were good quality toys, and uh, you know even their influence was felt. Since, I mean uh, when DC, uh, Mattel got the full license to do DC comics figures, uh, and they started their DC Universe Classics line. You you saw that superpowers influence right from yeah, the get go. Uh, you know, even the you know the fa- you know the color schemes, and everything. It was just every every wave had some influence from superpowers. And the you know, again, like I said, for me that was my introduction to Superman, Batman, Wonder well, Woman. You know, all of that. And I think I think the reason, at least for for our standpoint, I think from other people's standpoint, superpowers was a very popular figure. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I just think from our standpoint because. Of where we grew up and where we were at, comics wasn't a big thing. Well, it just it, it wasn't something you could readily find. Sure, and and so for us, while we knew those characters because they were iconically known for yeah. the most part, you know, Batman, Superman, things like that. Uh, what we knew of them wasn't a whole lot, so those toys didn't translate. And the the cartoon shows were they so were so like, much older. Yeah. Right. Well, and they eventually changed it over to the superpowers. Yeah, right. Whatever cartoon. Well, and, and but uh, don't misunderstand what I'm saying is, uh, I, do I think superpowers was popular? Yes, I do because it was. But it only went three three waves. Sure. And yeah. only that third wave is near impossible to find. You know, Secret Wars. You know, that was the Marvel equivalent that Mattel did, and they had kind of the rubbery figures, five POA. But they're very memorable. But that only went th- two, three waves. I think even the third wave was only released overseas. Well, but you have to realize what they were going up against mm-hmm. against sure. toy lines. So right, and what I'm saying is, while that stuff didn't necessarily translate well in the '80s, in the '90s, comic book figures were all over the place. Sure, and that's where I was going with it because. Whereas during the 80s, you saw toy lines based off of... You saw comics and cartoons based off toy lines. Whereas in the 90s, you had toy lines based off comics and cartoons. And you saw that transitioning. Whereas stuff during the 80s... I mean, even G.I. Joe, as popular as it was, it died out in the early 90s. Right. 
uh, and uh, you know by that time Masters of the Universe had died out. Even even Transformers at one point kind of fizzled out in the nineties. Right. Uh, Thundercats had run its course. You know, Ninja Turtles had its moments. It was well, it was for Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles kind of bridged the gap because they started showing up at the very very late eighties. Yes. Uh, and then they bridged themselves at least through the. Probably the mid like mid nineties, mid nineties. You know, because they honestly they had a Playmates had a long running yeah. toy line. They didn't have a problem with okay, like well, re, like making reissues of no. Of, like, there's there's like and eighteen Donatellos the you can find. That kind of died out at the end of the eighties and right. end of the nineties. You know, because by the nineties it got to be all that get very gimmicky stuff. You know, toy lines. You know, were doing all anything where spring loaded actions <laughs> or missile launchers or whatever. I mean, all the uh, the the amount of Batman variants oh, that yeah. were out <laughs> in the '90s. We still had that problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and let, let me ask you guys this, and get your opinion. You know, because since we brought it up with Ninja Turtles, do you consider Ninja Turtles an '80s property or a '90s property? Mm. What do you think it's more prominent? I don't know. That's tough. I want to say '80s, but I mean, I think the uh, because bulk of it, it bridges the gap, 90s. and because it did start in the '80s. But it's hard because the comics started in the '80s. The cartoon really didn't start till the '90s. So it's it's really one of those ones that kind of bridges the gap. I thought the I cartoon mean, started in the like late '80s. It was, it would, if anything, I think the cartoon started in like '88, '89. But still, it had a run through like oh, '90s. It was You're right. Yeah. But it went through like '97 yeah. before right. it ended. And the same thing with the toy line and the cart, sure. uh, the the Archie comics and everything, because it, I. I think you know a lot of that. A majority of the the turtle stuff that was popular in those early years was '90s related. Yeah. But again, it did still technically start in the '80s. So I, I think I've always lost. considered it an '80s property. Yeah. You know, so for me, it will. It's, it's always an '80s thing, and it's just it's that's where it started, and that's where it it. it the beginning of the popularity now now you could argue that at the height of its popularity it was the 90s I and mean, yeah, that's that, when it was you know yeah. way up here but it definitely started yeah. in well, the when 80s. you think because like by 990 or 91 was the live action movie so right. by then i mean that property was already so huge I mean, that... and y'all are the best two people to ask considering y'all spent many a times <laughs> going to walmart to buy ninja turtle things <laughs> yeah, like, what decade were we buying ninja turtles <laughs> Well, it, it was definitely the '80s because we were, uh, you know, we, we moved away from Leveland in in '91. Uh, uh, you know, so I mean, yeah. we had, you know, uh, I would say the '89 and '90 is probably when we bought our most most of our toys for Ninja Turtles together. We'd go scrounge up five bucks, and, yeah, because uh, five bucks would get you one Ninja Turtle toy at uh, Walmart. Because yeah. <laughs> I would say like the the pure what I would call the pure line where it was just just the standard figures and like whatever they created for the cartoon was in the the '80s. Just from memories I'm having, of, like th- thankfully for me, I have a, a way to. Uh, gauge my memory since we lived in a lot of houses so i can remember like okay when did the toys that i had when i lived in this house right what, what decade was that in uh, and then like in the 90s is was that that oversaturation of like wrestling ninja turtles or yeah. universal monster ninja turtles well or... and, and here's where i've got to give playmates credit well yes they did rehash a lot of the same characters very seldom did they ever use the same mold for oh yeah oh yeah it was always a new mold. so it was always new tooling always a new mold and things like that and even though you've got donatello in space it wasn't just <laughs> the old donatello that we had before with a cheap plastic helmet on yeah. it was an 
all new molded figure with so many little details and everything like that. Mm. And to this day, I think that Playmates had some of the best tooling for their time period. Well, you know, I will say this. I, I would, if it wasn't for Ninja Turtles, Playmates probably would have been out of business <laughs> a long time ago. Just because, I mean, even though in the 90s there was a lot of stuff Playmates released, but Playmates, it's still in, going today, but the only thing you ever see them putting out is Ninja Turtles stuff. Yeah, right. Well, I, I, yeah, I agree. If it wasn't for Ninja Turtles, that pro the company probably wouldn't have lasted. But they did put out a significant... Ninja Turtles allowed them to put out some pretty significant Absolutely. toy lines. Absolutely. Their Star Trek line, while not very popular and was an oversaturated thing, is still some of the best Star Trek figures well, out there. I, I think... I, can dis I don't think it's popular now, but during its time period, it was probably one of the more popular lines because of how much stuff they were coming well, out Well, and, and, and all the different lines. Because at, at the, the, there at the, the uh, uh, early to, to mid-90s, you had, you know, you, you basically had three different Star Trek shows on TV. Absolutely. You know, so they were they were doing stuff for all of them, you know. Yeah. Um, you know well, they and, were and, doing stuff for them because they were also releasing toys for the classic right. TV show as well. Well, right, but I mean, yes. Um you also had them doing, you know, they they did some movie lines. I mean, they did the Dick Tracy figures. While you'd say what you want to about that movie, they had some pretty cool characters, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. did some real. And the nice thing is that all their characters looked like they kind of went together yeah. with their other toy lines. Yeah, they all yeah. have like that bulky kind of right, design. you know. And I think they did. Um, didn't they do? Uh, they were two '90s toy lines: uh, Bucky O'Hare and uh, Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Mm -hmm. That were very oh, similar. Yeah. Weren't those both Playmates lines? Uh, I believe so. I might need to double check that, but uh, they they might have been. Uh, but you you did bring up an interesting point. Um, toy lines, you know, toy companies that produce multiple lines, and that was something prevalent you saw during the '90s. A lot of the figures had the same construction. Yeah, absolutely. I, one of the big ones I remember was Kenner toys. Right. Uh, Kenner, recent year, or it's now it was now been bought out by Hasbro. Uh, so everything that Kenner was producing at the time, you know, went to become Hasbro production. You know, mostly the big thing is Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but they Kenner was known for their five POA. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. so, you know, they had shoulder leg and head. head joints and but they pose everything was posed in a unique action pose where that they were fun look with and they all but they produce a lot of figures yeah and they were mostly well known for their dc stuff right during that time they did a lot of other stuff too but it was mostly for their dc the, more specifically batman batman yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh when they did the movie lines yeah. Uh, they did their uh, the Legends of the Bat. Uh, yeah. They had so many different Batman lines, and then there was their Total Justice line. Yeah. But it was the big really cool. thing was Batman the Animated Series. Yep. Uh, that to this day, I mean, that's got to be considered one of the greatest toy lines of all time, just simply because of the pop. Not only just the popularity of that TV show, but the fact that the toy line looks so much like yeah. the cartoon. Yeah. Just and the simplicity of absolutely. Awesome. Uh, well, and they. The neat thing about them, instead of trying to put gimmicks into the figures themselves, they put the gimmicks in the accessories. Uh -huh. yeah. And so that was always kind of cool. Um, you know, so many previous toy lines tried so many different gimmicks into the figure themselves that while they were cool, they just never took off. I mean, you've got uh, the hologram thing, which you found in Visionaries. Mm -hmm. You found in, uh, oh, what was that? Maybe like the Supernaturals or something. Yeah, like the Supernaturals. Um, and then you had... Uh, 
I guess you call Battle Beast. You can throw the hologram thing in oh, there. Oh, but, yeah. little, but that was a little more that was like the Transformers for, sticker. Yeah. Um, and that was a game in itself. Too, yeah. It was just like rock, but, paper, scissors. Yeah, those were such cool little figures. Yeah. I, you know. I like the Visionaries because they had really good articulation for the time. That's and a nice size. Well, that one didn't take off more. And oh. maybe it was because I just don't rem- I remember them in the store. Yeah. I just don't remember. Well, there was something about them. I don't know. Well, again, and that was an 80s property. And uh, a lot of 80s properties, you know, they had to have that comic or that cartoon to yeah. back it. So, because people wanted well, to see that see, cartoon. I think that's the problem. Yeah, that's what I was getting to is that cartoon was just a miniseries. It wasn't a continual thing. Whereas yeah. most cartoons were syndicated right. and got like 60 some odd episodes a season. <laughs> oh. Twelve episode miniseries, and that's I don't think it. I've ever seen the Visionaries cartoon. No, you know, because well, for one thing, we we didn't have cable, so yeah. we, you know we were always if we saw cable, we were going over to my grandmother's <laughs> house. You know, but you know, so many of the other ones. You know, I like you said the syndicated shows. You had Transformers, GI Joe. Um, the the few that I remember that I enjoyed the toy lines for them were uh, the Centurions. Again, oh, yeah. because of that They're Lego aspect where yeah. you could put the, the armor and different things mm-hmm. on them. That one was so cool. They had, uh, was Inhumanoids like that? Mm-hmm. I know they had a cartoon. Well, right? they had a cartoon, because, but that was another one that had, it was a miniseries. Oh, okay. But it was, they had the big old monsters that were the Inhumanoids, and then yeah. it was like the, the guys wore like the big suits or whatever. I, I don't. I, I think don't maybe really I get humanoids and centurions, uh, centurions mixed up. Yeah, so I, mean, I, I would. I guess I need to go look at the, some pictures of the toys. From yeah, because we didn't. I don't remember ever having any. I remember seeing some in humanoids toys that some friends have had, but I don't ever recall us. We never no. had any, and I can't recall any like family or. No, I don't remember anybody <laughs> having had any. I know. Like uh, uh, you know, talking about ones that some family had. You know, ones that I always liked, but they, again, it was. Uh, the the sectors the insect oh, ones yeah, yeah. that one was so cool they had really kind of good sized figures and they I think were, really they were about six in. inch figures yeah and they had uh, neat little accessories and vehicles and stuff like that they rode giant bugs yeah. come on that yeah a, I mean as they were a kid puppets, who doesn't right? want that like yeah. the bug was a puppet right like some of them were yeah some of the bigger ones yeah, I think um, I just had the leader. Of, of, of that one. I remember their playset was huge. Like, it was even bigger than Castle Grayskull. Right, like their right. Nest, their bug's nest or whatever. Yeah, I, I remember wanting them, but... Didn't Visionaries have a playset? Uh, probably. Uh, I think they had one that was similar to that Sectars one, where it's just like a big plastic mountain or something. Right. Yeah, I remember uh, wanting some of the Sectar stuff, but Mom didn't like them, so we didn't get them. <laughs> that may be why we didn't have them. Yeah, that's exactly why we didn't have them. <laughs> Well, I know one that uh, there was uh, one that I always wanted all the toy, and it's one of those to this day. If I ever find them, I'll, I'll get them, and that's the Crystar toy line. Yeah, I Dude, that was such a cool looking toy line. Them along with the the Silverhawks, and I don't know why I correlate those two together. They just seem like they fit together to yeah. me, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they just man, the Crystar ones were so yeah. cool, yeah. and they were they were per. And I I think the reason I want them so bad is they were like perfect size to go with the GI Joe yeah. stuff. Yeah, but I never did get any of them. Yeah, I had I had Crystar, and he was cool. Like he had the, I mean, it was all translucent uh-huh. plastic. He looked like Iceman. Yeah, uh, yeah, like the, I think the sword and the shield were that way. I think the sword, the sword and the shield had like red accents, but it was still that blue plastic. He had a removable helmet. Uh, I remember he broke easily. I don't know if that had to do with the plastic, plastic and what they probably. used to make it translucent. But I remember he had a broken arm pretty quickly. Uh, and he was a DC property, right? That was Marvel. They did the comic. Marvel. Oh, Marvel did the comic for that, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I remember, you know, 
one of the lines that I, and this is two lines, and they could have been compatible, and that it was just personal favorite is the Bionic 6 and the Captain Power stuff. Oh, they only hit, Power, didn't, yeah. didn't have much of them, but God, I thought they were so cool. Yeah. I mean, and again, they were in that, you know, three and three quarter inch scale, they were the same scale. So they were, for me, a little kid, you know, wanting to have toys play on, you know, easily portable. Well, yeah. And both of them had a great, great little gimmicks, like the Bionic 6, you know, they had metal you know, most yeah. of them were plastic, but then they had the, their bionic parts were usually well, metal. Their, I think the, the, the way they were constructed was the torso was metal, like but metal. The, the, uh, the limbs were plastic, and the oh. limbs had clear plastic yeah. at certain points. Okay. That was another, I had all six of them, and then like their one one or two of the bad guys, and I think at some point like some of them would start breaking. Yeah, yeah. and then the Captain Power had the whole thing with the light thing on the TV. Yeah. And you would, with the TV. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. you have a, a videotape that you put it in and you're shooting at the TV which you can't do today on the flat screens because it doesn't work yeah. but. well I remember that you know and I never watched it but they had a live action Captain Power TV show yeah. and uh, at the end of each episode I believe they had a segment where you could interact with the toys yeah I never had any of my friend Kevin yeah. Maynard had some, and I think that, that was the case. I, I had Captain Power, and I had the main bad guy, and that was it. Yeah. I bet you had, didn't we have the jet, one of the jets? I know. Swarm, you had one of the jets. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of toy lines out there. I mean, we can all count them off. I mean, a lot of stuff we had lots of, a lot of stuff we didn't have hardly any of, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, any, yeah. any coming to mind? One of the ones that I... I had a lot of GoBots. They didn't have a whole yeah, lot of transformers. Yeah, I had a good amount of GoBots. Yeah. Um, because they were small, they were cheaper. Yeah. I remember, like, GoBots uh, made, a, made a line that was as tall as Transformers, but it was, like, the same. It was, like, Leader One, Psykill. Yeah. But they were the big, you know, yeah, big like this. Yeah, I had some of those. They had a lot of GoBots. Uh, yeah, they were inexpensive compared to Transformers. Yeah, like yeah. I said, they were smaller, more portable. I do remember the cartoon. <laughs> dope cartoon. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I and there's there was a couple of different things like I like. Uh, uh, as, as far as like uh, transforming toys, uh, Rock Lords. Yes. Yes, I was just about to mention yeah. that one. That one was kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> they, were, they were, I liked them better than Gobot. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. though their their transformation was just to be a rock. Uh, to be a rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they had a cartoon, right, too? Uh, or a movie. Probably, Didn't they have a Gobot Rock Lords movie, I believe? Maybe. I think they did. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's a here's a funny '90s uh, toy line that I might have had one thing from it. It's just so dumb. The food binders. Remember <laughs> yeah, the I, I, remember I think I had too. the hamburger. Yeah, I had the. I, I don't. I remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. I don't. I don't remember us having a lot. I think of I just had one. Yeah. I think I just had. The it hamburger. was getting towards the point where like my parents were just like, "Stop playing with toys." <laughs> yeah. I remember my my mom bought me two of them when I was sick, uh, homesick uh, from school, and she went to like you know whatever drugstore was near the house and bought me two food fighters. Yeah, I think I had I had the hot dog and I think maybe the hamburger. Yeah. But they had vehicles too. They had like a the uh, the dozen egg holder yeah. thing. Yeah. That well, was I something. think they were ones that I think they were done by a Hasbro. Bro, and that a lot of the weapons and stuff they had were recycled from GI Joe. Oh, really? Yeah, that's crazy. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, I remember. Uh, I mean, I still remember. Uh, you know, Star Wars: Return of the Jedi toys and yeah. uh, Empire. Not Empire Strikes. Excuse me, Power of the Force in yep. stores. You yeah. know, and uh, just multitudes of them. And that's there was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. 
and I can't get rid of them. I bought some when they were going on clearance, <laughs> and then they're still in the package. And nobody wants to buy them. Uh, no one wants. No one wants a Londo. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, but it, that line, you know, we haven't had a break in Star Wars toys since yeah. before that line. I mean, that line really reinvigorated the interest in Star Wars. So you mentioned that. It's funny because I was thinking about a toy line the other day that was super popular when we were younger and now you see nothing of it anymore <laughs> and everybody had some micro machines oh yeah yes micro machines were so popular everybody had them you get the little cars and everything and they i mean they they overtook hot wheels yeah. you know for a long time you know mm-hmm. and now you still yeah. see the logo used for various different well, things. Well, they brought it back for like the recent Star Wars stuff right. because they've been doing oh, yeah. that. But they're, they're still not like no. they well, were They released before. a, a game mean, on for app for I, iPhones. They have it's actually pretty cool. It's, it's a tabletop. I mean, it's a racing game, but it's done like you know, like your cars are here on this table right here, going. Oh through yeah. It. Uh, through a track, they don't have it on Android yet. But they had it on it, iOS. They, it, it was on. It was a. There was one like that. There was a uh, uh, a video game for PlayStation. Or no. PlayStation, but you you could race. You know, like cars or race helicopters. But you're racing through like you know a tabletop full of stuff yeah. and things like that. Um, and they had like their own little. Uh, play sets also that you could you could mm-hmm. buy like a little thing that would fold out yep. and just like and it would be like a gas station yeah or, it was just like Hot Wheels I remember having the Hot Wheels fold out play yeah, sets yeah. things like and it was just like Hot Wheels just on a much smaller yeah. scale so that's why I think they were so much popular is because they were more portable oh yeah, yeah. and, and these were, you could, I mean and, yeah because you could fold them up and then store your cars inside the thing well, and then they started branching out and getting like slight they for a while there they had the they were the only ones doing Star Wars toys yeah. yeah. Uh, I also remember that one thing they they had their own little subline called a Z-Bots. Oh yeah. See, I don't remember. Z-bots. They were the little robots. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just I don't I don't remember. I mean, I've seen pictures of them and everything. I just don't remember I, seeing them. I didn't. I didn't have many of them. I think I had like a, a couple of them. I thought. I thought they were really cool, but I just never it's got a neat into them. And I'm, I, you know? I'm surprised they don't remember it. I just I don't. The one I remember though, and then I don't think it was a micro machine thing, but it, it was again. It was kind of a cool little gimmick thing, but it was the uh, the. Uh, Ring Raiders. Yeah. So yeah. they had the the planes and everything, and you had a little and it right, was a stick right, yeah. and a ring. And it was one thing I was talking about. Yeah, I couldn't the, remember. I knew what you were yeah. talking about. Couldn't we couldn't remember, remember the name called. of it. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember having the little stick. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> little yeah, I had some of those really crappy plastic rings that hurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> that hurt. Yeah. I remember. Oh, I have Ring Raiders on there. Oh, uh, what's one that we went over? Silver Hot. Oh, how about this one? Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, yes. I have a friend. I had a. I might have had one or two of them, but I have a friend of mine who has all of them. Oh, really? Yeah, and still does. Did they make the uh, figures? Any of the main figures from the cartoon? No, no. Because I know they did. No. I know they did War Duke, and War Duke was on the cartoon. Some, right, some but of none characters. of none of like the the main characters. Yeah, you but saw. none of like the main the teenagers. Were right, no, they weren't the because band. they wanted the toy line to be. They were interpersonal. Off the they were basing the toy line more off of. The game. the game, because a lot of the char- the main characters from the toy line were characters in the game, yeah. and some of those characters did show up in the cartoon, but it was like for one or right, one right. Yeah. But you had like you know the Manticore or the things like that. And it, what's interesting is like you had some that had really great articulation, like the the, the War Duke, yeah. and, you know, the, and then you had ones that were basically just a piece of plastic that yeah. just stood there. 
you know. And they're, oh, they're yeah. really cool sculpting, some really neat looking stuff. Yeah, I'm still trying to find a replacement sword and shield for my war duke. And I remember they had the the knights or whatever yeah. with the blue cape, yeah. and they had him as a separate figure you could buy, or he also came with a horse. horse. And I and I had both. Yeah, <laughs> with his sharp sword. So here's one kind of relative and relevant to what uh, you know things are going on right now. The the, the real Ghostbusters line. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they had some such cool figures. Yeah, I, I wanted more of those than what I had. Well, and visually they were great because they, they were one of the few toy lines that looked a lot like a cartoon. Like a cartoon exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know that was something. And like way ahead of its time. They went they went crazy with the ghost designs. <laughs> yeah, they did. And and you know the 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 gimmicks for the Ghostbusters besides just their their general. Uh, costume. I only had Peter Vankman and the the a purple ghost that like shot his eyeball out <laughs> on the string. But they were cool. Like, I wish that their the uh, the stream on the proton pack was removable. Yeah. Because like because you could you could put the the gun on the backpack. But they couldn't stand. Yeah, and then like he just had a constant stream shooting out of. Oh, the... was it pointed? Out? I was thinking of pointed down. Yeah. But, I, yeah. but still, you had that little stream. You had the little twist yeah. in the bag. Well, and it's not like you could take it off. I mean. Because it was tied to a string, and then the backpack like snapped onto his back. So in yeah. order to not have that there, you had to take the whole backpack off. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, and I had the Ecto-2, the helicopter slash three-wheel oh, motorcycle. Yeah. That was the vehicle Peter. Yeah. <laughs> it was but, a line, that was a line that, you know, I think was a lot more popular than a lot of people think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be for as many figures as it had i mean oh they, even, gosh, even the so ghost eventually had gimmicks to it like this is a line of ghosts that look like humans that right yeah. well i remember <laughs> like the garbage man who had the garbage can and when you pressed his button the garbage flipped over, over his, his head, head or something yeah. and he became a ghost well, there was a didn't they have and... some of where the the four ghostbusters they transformed into like ghosts or something at one point and oh. they had to feed them those maybe i don't remember but cool. i also remember they did like a the classic Universal Monsters in the line at one point. Oh, really? Or they had, oh, yeah, they may true. not have been Dracula or where, but they were, you could tell what they were. Yeah. I remember the filmation uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> the one, original that Ghostbusters. They had, uh, they yeah. the, uh, the werewolf toy on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, I remember uh, Rambo and the it, Freedom Fighters. Was, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's Rambo, and there was the other line that was very similar to it was the Chuck Norris and the Karate, oh, and the karate Commandos, commandos yeah. with the K. Yeah, because <laughs> you know of those. you had to have Chuck Norris figure. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we might have had one of the. Uh, I think we had Rambo. I had one. I had one of the. And Rambos. I think we had the Black Ninja. See, I don't remember having any of the Karate. Fi- uh, Chuck Norris. Well, no, I don't think that. I think the Black Ninja was from Rambo. See, I don't yeah. remember having. I don't yeah. remember having him. I know. I I know we had Rambo, the basic Rambo. Sure. But beyond that, but I, I don't remember I, having I, anything I else. Specifically, remember. And again, I, a lot of that stuff we oh, our cousin Donovan, and so we were over at his house a lot. And so yeah. I think sometimes stuff that he had, <laughs> I think. It's hard for me to remember who actually had it, yeah. whether it was us or him. Yeah, I had a lot. The Rambo got, was really popular even before I moved to to Leveland, so say probably like eighty five or eighty six. Uh-huh. And I had a I had a, a friend of mine had brought his to school, and we remember we were just like so impressed at like how many accessories, like how many right. weapons would come with them. Well, so then that was like my Christmas thing or birthday thing where I had like a, yeah, a ton they of those. Came with a lot of stuff and like that was another one. It was like a, it was a large scale line. I think they were what they were about seven inch figures. Mm, I was oh, really tall. I mean, they were probably yeah, like they were probably like, like six. Size. Yeah, no, maybe were, a little taller. Than that. Uh, maybe six inch. Then I remember. Yeah. Them being I mean, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't like GI Joe size. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, they weren't too. I mean, I'm sure if we saw one now, we'd be like, oh, yeah, I my just, memory of it was. I remember it was, they were pretty good size. Yeah, I mean, I would say they're they probably the size vehicles. of these Mythic Legion vehicles. Yeah, they had vehicles. Yeah, they, they had vehicles. Have, I mean, it was like a motorcycle and, and this. Well, they had a, a Jeep, like a, a six wheel Jeep with a bazooka on it because yeah. I had that. I had yeah. the. I don't, I don't think uh, they were bigger than six inch. Yeah, they weren't bigger yeah. than that. And I had the uh, the bad guys base, uh, which I think they were called Savage, which yeah. was an acronym since it was the 80s. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of Rambo. They, they were so cool. Yeah, it was always nice to you know do a uh, toy line in a cartoon because I did have a cartoon. Yeah, they had a cartoon. That may be the of, uh, uh, character that had PTSD. That, yeah, that was a Vietnam vet. Speaking of uh, toy lines, the cartoon or cartoons that has a toy line. Still to this day, I love this cartoon. It's fantastic. I don't know that we had many toys, but uh, the Pirates of Dark Water. Yeah, oh, had, yeah. I like that cartoon. Oh, my gosh. I didn't have any of the toys, uh, but one, I like that, that cartoon. That was one of those first, for me, one of those first great 90s toy lines, just because it, uh, it just... Was, I don't remember if it was that one was Playmates or not. Uh, I think it Kenner. was. But, uh, yeah, it was... Oh, wow. Maybe. I don't remember. It, it was just, you know, it, it was cool just to have, but it was an, to have those because, again, I, I like you. I liked the cartoon. Uh, matter of fact, I have the entire series on DVD. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was another one. And just as cool as it was, it didn't get as popular as I, the toy line didn't get as popular as it no, would have liked for it to no. have. Yeah. It's it's one of those it's one of those the cartoon shows that is now much more popular now that it's not around, <laughs> yeah. you know, type of thing. Yeah. And uh, and that's a shame because it was it was fantastic at the time. Mm-hmm. Very ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, and they never finished it, which is a shame, too. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of where you were saying in the 90s, you saw more of that transition now to, uh, like I said, you saw a lot of stuff that was popular in the 80s that didn't tra- wouldn't have translated well to the 90s. And then vice versa, and a lot of '90s stuff was uh, was you know licensed stuff, or like I said, they had a you know they were licensed from other material instead of cartoons, or they right. was from you know larger production companies on the cartoons, like say because Pirates of Dark Water was done by uh, Hanna Barbera, right? So uh, you get something like that, and then you see some of the other stuff. Uh, you know, probably one of the biggest toy lines that ever was. What Mar- uh, Toy Biz did with their Marvel during the '90s and how that dominated everything. Almost. Absolutely, I can't deny that. And I had a lot of them just because at the time that was all the Marvel <laughs> things you could get. Yeah. But I look back on it and I don't, I don't have fond memories of them because the I remember and I, I was spoiled by GI Joe. Yeah. You know, and I mean these guys had no articulation. The the gimmicks. The gimmicks were not as creative as no. some other toy lines, or felt like they were old hat gimmicks. No. Well, and yeah, I can agree with that. But again, you know, you're talking a two different generational deals here because you're for you, yes, but by the time that stuff was coming out and getting popular, you had transitioned past that. Whereas for someone in my age, who that's a lot of what we collected and played with. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's a generational gap there. I just, you know, because like I said, I did collect a lot of them, but I, it sure wasn't a toy line that I, looking back at, I have no fondness for. Yeah. You know, they just, for something that was newer than the toys that I have a more fondness for, they seem to be not as well done. Yeah. Because, like, they they weren't, uh, we're talking about, like, the toy biz. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because they didn't have, like, a uniform 
like even articulation, because like you'd have like Cyclops and he was, or uh, Colossus, and his articulation was just his hands were out already like this, right. so he could hold his dumbbell. Uh, well, like Cyclops, you know, he had decent articulation mm-hmm. for the on the X Men line, and he had that laser blast. But and, and again, and that again goes show that this uh, where it's one is that point of view because you know I look at it, you don't look, y'all may not look at it as a fun, but I mean they were meant for to be played with. Yeah. So articulation wasn't. It was used where it was needed to, but uh, <laughs> so Colossus get home. <laughs> but I mean, it's it, it's that playability thing. I mean, you know, I can look at like current toys from now. Yeah, you know that everyone's raving. I mean, you know, I I'm a, I'm a big collector of the Marvel Universe toy line, and uh, you know, I love everything about it. You know, the scale, the articulation, everything. But if I was a kid buying that stuff, I don't know how much fun I would have playing with that. Whereas that 90s stuff, you know, as a kid, you know, you see it, you see your characters, you see them, they're fun, they're to play with. I guess, I, and I guess this, again, this is just, just the generational gap, well, because just, to me, they weren't that fun to play with, because I couldn't do that much with them. Well, mm-hmm. and again, that's where I'm saying is, it is, and it's a general deal with toy collecting in general. I look at a lot of the stuff, again, you know, even some of the stuff that are meant for kids, I look at them, and I don't see the appeal in them that I saw in some of the stuff that I grew up with. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't think that's think something it, we all deal with. Sure. In regards to toy. Well, and I think it's just for preference on toys. I mean, cause there's stuff I see now that I think, Oh, that's pretty cool. I like what they've done with that. Yeah. That would be kind of fun to play with. And then there's other stuff that I see now is like, well, what? I don't get that. It's just a chunk of plastic. You can't <laughs> do anything with it. You know, uh, and and so it's 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 totally about preference, yeah. um, you know. But I I and I'm one of the few people who doesn't like the '90s toy biz line because again yeah. you didn't grow up. It, well, uh, that's uh, see, I don't I don't don't think that that's true because I did grow up with it because I had a bunch of them. Yeah. But did you have a bunch of it as just collecting because it was some of your favorite characters? No, or? because I I was still playing with GI Joes and doing things with them up until like. 93, 92. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I've never collected toys just to collect them. Yeah. You know, uh, I've always enjoyed messing around with them and everything. Now, how much I've played with them and things like that have definitely changed as I've gotten older. But if I was somebody who just collected them, I would never take them out of the package. (laughs) You know, I mean, I think anybody who enjoys playing with toys and, and things like that, they like to take the toys out of the package and things like that. And like I said, I may get blasted for that, but I, I think there, there's a difference between a person who, who collects the toys and then there's a difference between a person who plays with the toys. And you can do both because you can, as somebody like me, you can collect the toys but also play with them, open them up and enjoy them, put them in different poses, you know, oh, I've got it on the shelf. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm looking, you know what, I'm going to put him in this pose today. And you yeah. go up there and you fiddle with him and you yeah. put him on the shelf and play it. And now and that may be as far as I get with playing with him anymore. Um, you know, hopefully my son, when he gets a little older, he'll want to play with more action figures. And I will totally get in the floor and play with <laughs> action figures with him. Um, but, and I'm not trying to discount and say that what I think about toys is better than what other people think about toys. If you want to keep them in the package, keep them in the package. That's more power to you. But why are you keeping them in the package? <laughs> are, you, are you keeping them in the package to get a payday? Yeah. Or are you keeping them in the package because you want that piece of art and that your memory of, of enjoying toys sealed away and preserved? 
either way is fine with me, but I, it's, for me, a toy is meant to be played with when you, and that's the reason I hate McFarlane toys, you know? <laughs> he, he, he's a powerhouse in the toy market, absolutely. But his toys are no fun to play with. No. They're little statues. And that's cool. I like statues, too. But, you know, it, it is. It's all down to people's preferences and everything like that. And I'm not trying to push my preference on anybody else or, or say that. And and my preference for the 90s uh, Toy Biz Marvel toys is that they aren't near as good as the Marvel Universe. I'd much rather have all the Marvel Universe over any of the Toy Biz ones. Because to me, those seem more fun to play with because I can do so much more with. Yeah. But those, I wish that they had just had a more uniform style because it almost seems like you can go from one character to the next and like you may have, may have articulation on one that you didn't have on the other because of the gimmick that they're trying to, well, again, to push I off on you. Think, I think it's not to try to disagree with what you think I, but I think it's a preference a generational thing, a preference yeah. thing what you grew up with and what you enjoyed with and you get to that certain age where stuff, you can see this transitioning change in the toy line and it's not what you liked or what you had fun with, so you're not going to appeal to it. Where someone who's younger and is still discovering, still old, young enough to enjoy, not, I guess enjoy is not the best word, but to still is still discovering their preferences, they're going to find things that are cooler that they find cool, and they're going to have those fondness for them. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have a lot more fondness and grew up with a lot of that 90s stuff that didn't even mess with 80s stuff like we did. Yeah. And they're going to look at 80s stuff and be like, well, that's stupid looking. There's nothing appealing about that. And it's because they didn't grow up and mess with and play with that stuff. Like, you know, like I said, I have that a unique perspective of remembering a lot of that 80s stuff, being old enough to remember that 80s stuff, but I was still young enough to appreciate a lot of that 90s stuff too. Yeah. So, I mean, I can have that, I have that fondness for that, you know, we use the 90s Marvel for that 90s Marvel stuff because I was so young. I mean, I was in elementary school when that stuff first started coming out. I was still buying toys and playing with them. It was still okay to be doing that, you know? Sure. And a lot of my friends had that stuff played, you know? So, I mean, it's a... Whereas for, from y'all's perspective, y'all were in high school or getting out of high school or all that, and it was just like, okay, you know, it's not what I grew up with. Yeah, I'm sure guys from the 70s are just like, screw your Transformers. Right. <laughs> Evil yeah. Knievel for life. Exactly, you know. <laughs> Miko, Miko forever. Yeah, screw your superpowers. <laughs> I hate their, their gimmick of... I mean... How many uh, G.I. Joe collectors we know who are 12-inch only? Yeah. See, and, but, but see there's... again, that's not me either. Yeah. I like 12-inch. I think they're cool. I think they're really cool. In our... See, for me, it's all about the construction of the yeah. toy. Sure, and everyone's got that preference. Yeah. And, and I know that. And that's why I'm not, I'm not bashing anything. I'm just saying I never got the appeal to the 90s. Right, and I understand that because I feel, I, I think it may be just because of when they came out in regards to your... I don't think it's when I came out. I don't, I think it's the construction of the toy and the, the, the gimmicks of that particular toy line that they did, to me, didn't equate to a toy I would be interested in. Even though I had a good amount of them. I, I just think that they were... So would you say, like, the Marvel Secret War is less playable than the Toy Biz? (laughs) 
No, I would say that those are more playable than Toy yeah. Biz because you're not the characters are not stuck in a single. Some of the gimmicks limited the characters, your ability to be more creative with the characters. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you this because the Toy Biz stuff had articulation. Yes, they had gimmicks up, but they had every figure was articulated to where they were playable. And a lot of the gimmicks, I mean, yes, they had some of that early gimmick, like the Colossus did the thing, thing, but, you know, later figures got away from that, whereas they still had the gimmick stuff, but it wasn't anything that necessarily uh, ref- affected the playability or the articulation, like the some of the earlier, like the first Wolverine had the claws that, you know, went into his arm and clipped. Yes, that took out elbow articulation. Yeah. Later ones, they had the elbow articulation, the claws could stab in and out, you know, so... So later on, they got better with articulation. So let me ask you this. Both of y'all can chime in on this. Were those less playable than the stuff Kenner or Playmates was putting out, where they were much less articulated, and they were stuck in action poses with only limited articulation, and they had, and their gimmicks were like missile launchers? Yeah, I didn't like the... But see, <laughs> I never, I was never a big fan of the Kenner stuff yeah. anyway, especially the pre-pose stuff. Yeah, like their it, Total Justice You line. give me a... Yes, yeah, I mean, they were cool looking, but they were little statues. Yeah. And it, it, again, I know it's preference, and I completely know that. I would much rather have a figure with five points of articulation in a standing pose than a figure in an action pose with the same points of articulation that all he's in is the action pose. And the main reason is, is like, all right, you've already predisposed my opinion <laughs> or my, my imagination for what this character's doing. If he's straight standing up, then my imagination can go anywhere. My imagination can go anywhere. But if you've already got him in a predisposed action pose, then you, you've you already said, okay, everything I'm going to do with this figure, he's going to be in this action pose. And so I don't like those as much as I would, I would much rather have that Batman animated series, plain Jane Batman figure, over that action posed Batman okay. total justice figure. Okay, fair enough. But again, that still doesn't equate with... Okay, so you take take the animated figure sign like you're talking. Five POA, straight sign. How is that lo- more playable than a Marvel figure that, while might have gimmick a gimmicky thing to it, do- it still has a lot of articulation, and the gimmicky doesn't gimmick stuff doesn't affect the articulation. Well, you're talking about the later ones. When I think about those, I'm all, I'm thinking about the early ones. The later ones, I still because all the gimmick. I mean, I remember some of the gimmicky Marvel stuff, but I don't feel like there was as much of them as you might be thinking because i do remember a lot of the gimmick stuff being like missile launchers or maybe subtle stuff like spider-man had the suction cup hands okay but that's still yeah he had the suction cup hands but that didn't affect really it was just on the hand it didn't do anything to really affect I mean, because our articulation was still the same as what was still coming out. I mean, yeah, you had, like, Doctor Doom that had the twisting arm or whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, a lot of that was more far in between than thought. You know, like the Captain America, the first Captain America figure. He had the standard articulation at that time for a Toy Biz figure. But his gimmick was he had a little shooter for the, the shield. You know, and I remember more of that than gimmicks built in the figures that prevented their articulation not to say that there weren't any but i just remember most of the gimmick stuff not affecting the playability on the figure 
And then we just remember them differently, I guess. <laughs> because, like I said, I, I and I can't explain without having them sitting in front of me to, to explain each one of you why I don't each one why I don't like it. I can't give you a general reason other than the things I remember about them did not make them very fun to me. I would much rather have that Wolverine from the Secret Wars with the clip-on claws than the Wolverine with the shootout claws with big holes in his hand and that can only do this. <laughs> you know, I know that the one with the Secret Wars can only do this too, but he had his hands in a situation where if you wanted to, you could put something in it because they had that little clasped hand and things like that. To me, it was a superior figure in the, the fact that it gave me more potential for my imagination. <laughs> you may just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> I mean, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand because I just... Secret decoding shield of the dreaded Dr. Doom has ordered him to blow up the Freedom Tower. Dr. Octopus, Dr. Doom, Captain America, and Spider-Man each sold separately. Here's how it works, Dr. Octopus. Just slip the secret message in the secret shield. Now our secret mission is revealed. How do we stop him, Captain America? That's our secret, Spider-Man. Dr. Doom, Captain America, and other action figures from the Marvel Secret Wars collection each sold separately. New from Mattel. Enter the rat, taught them each the ninja art. Donatello, master of the staff. Leonardo, the katana blade. My Raphael, the And Michelangelo, the new shackles. Radical and master of the willing Hey, who had the pepperoni ice cream? The Power Dino Riders. The evil Rulons on Tyrannosaurus Rex attack. I'll crush you, Gunner. Catch me first, Krulos. The Dino Riders on their Tyrannosaurus trick the evil Rulons into following them. Hiding Gunner over here, Frog Breath. Hidden rockets shoot the brain box ball. He's free, he's free. Taurosaurus and Tyrannosaurus Rex with figures, battle gear, and motorized walking action. Each sold separately. Dino Riders. And uh, we're back, guys. Uh, now we're going to do a review, a quick review, on a new line of toys that has just recently hit. Uh, it's called, uh, it's, they're from Boss Fight Studios, and they're called Vitruvian Hacks. Uh, the premise of the toy line is uh, they're more, they're more, uh, they're more for collect, they're collectors, adult collector line. Uh, they're done in the uh, three and three quarter, four inch, one eighteen, whatever you prefer scale. Uh, compatible with GI Joe, Star say, Wars, GI Joe scale, Marvel <laughs> Universe, you know, uh, cool scale. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and this is we got figures from the first line here, and the first line is is probably one of the coolest concepts you could come up with for a toy line. It's, it's pretty Gre awesome. Greeks versus Gorgons. <laughs> And Those the, are just snake people. Yes. <laughs> Not the Greeks, the Gorgons. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, these figures there, like I said, they're, you know, scale with G.I. Joes and Star Wars stuff, and they are highly articulated. Uh, the company Boss Fight Studios, they did a, a Kickstarter for these and uh, did very well with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they're meant they're meant to, for, uh, again, to fill that gap of a lot of the the 118 scale that has died out over the recent years. Uh, so they're here to kind of offer new options instead of just 
military lines <laughs> or superhero lines or uh, you know S- Star Wars. Uh, again, they're highly articulated, uh, and the nice thing is the customization with these figures. Uh, you can everything on these figures can be popped apart real easily. They've got a unique joint system, which you know you can just pull parts of the bodies off and it doesn't without risking breaking the figures <laughs> you can literally pull this figure all the way apart yeah i mean yeah. every bit of it comes apart yes. the armor the swords the sheath even the little armor on the legs and the arms the bracers and stuff the helmets and it's all extremely well detailed and extremely well painted i mean the paint apps on these yes. are unbelievable and for a semi mass produced figure it's unbelievable i mean the 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 medusa that freddie has over there she's got these intricate designs on the back of her snake body yeah. and everything like that they're just fantastic looks like a snake man yeah i was afraid i was like oh my god i thought i broke it but it's like, <laughs> Jesus, I, thought I broke her rattle yeah i mean just the amount of detail is great and uh it just just the diversity of the line. I mean, they have a lot of offerings. Uh, the figures we have in front of us, uh, Freddy has the Medusa figure, which actually is, you know, a snake ta- has a snake tail attached to the body, and every part of that snake tail can come apart yeah. and just uh, and then clip back in. Uh, in front of me, I have a uh, Leonidas figure. Uh, for you, those of you who have seen the movie 300 or know your... <laughs> Uh, history, you know, Leonidas was uh, the, the Spartan king who led 300 Spartans against the Persians during the Battle of Thermopylae. Uh, so yeah, we have our we have a Leonidas figure. Uh, we also have ourselves an Amazon warrior, and we all and then we also have a uh, one Medusa's sister, her older sister, Stathino, who's uh, got this great uh, head sculpt with the, the snake, you know, cobra snakes coming out of her head, and just a lot of great uh, detail with that. Uh, one of the great things about these figures is uh, they come with a lot of accessories, and all the armor pieces that are on them are completely removable. Uh, you, you know, so, uh, you know, the, probably about the only thing that's not removable on these figures is their underwear and the shoes. <laughs> uh, again, they have just so much playability with them. Uh, very well articulated. Uh, the male figures have the basic uh, articulation in the ankle or in the legs, whereas the females have the the more popular or the more current uh, rocker ankle style. Yeah. Um, uh, just so you know, these are for adult collectors. They're advertised as such. Uh, the and I bring that up specifically, especially with the female figures, because Cause they got boobies. Exactly, <laughs> and um, they have sculpted nipples on them. So you know you don't. You, if you're not ready for your kids to learn about that stuff, don't buy them <laughs> these figures for them. Uh, but and I think you've already mentioned it. These are these figures are really truly meant for customization and things like that. They set up a theme and they're these are fantastic figures but not only does this company do these figures like in this these characters and things like that but they have blank bodies they have clear ones they have like skeletons they have all this other stuff where you can go and buy those and use their body construction if you want to create your own figures nice. and they have so many accessories and things like that 
on these other ones that you can mix and match stuff and things like that. It really is a customizable line, and they've got some stuff planned for future uh, that is going to be that's going to be in this scale. It's going to be in the same kind of articulation, but you're looking at some possibly, I believe, a fantasy line. There's a there's a science fiction y line maybe coming. Yes. Um, you oh. know, uh, and they're also, they've got another Kickstarter that's going to come out. It's called their Zombie Lab, mm-hmm. and it's the same construction as these figures and everything. It's not in this Hacks line, Thanks. technically, uh, but it's made by the same people, but it'll all be compatible with the Hacks stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you're a three and three-quarter collector and you're having trouble finding stuff that you like in the stores, like the Marvel Universe stuff, the any G.I. Joe stuff, things like that, this is a really great alternative or in addition to uh, your figures and things like that, especially if you're a customizer and like to create unique dioramas or, or things like that. This is a really great one. Absolutely. Yeah, I like this. Uh, the Medu- the tail on the Medusa figure is pretty cool. <laughs> like, like, I wish that they had had this kind of articulation for the toys that we had when we were kids. Right. Remember the, wouldn't, the, it, wouldn't it be awesome the, if Globulus from G.I. Joe had had that articulation yeah, on his little say, snake tail? Absolutely. <laughs> Instead of just like the rubber with the wire in it. And, and they've already got several figures out for this line. You know, they have w- four waves of figures with a fifth wave coming, and there's five or four figures per wave. Plus, you also have an option. They don't have it advertised on the, the packaging here, but they do also have skeleton figures that you can purchase. And the ske- I mean, they're just basic skeletons, but they're just as articulated as the, the regular figures. And you can even uh, buy accessories packs to put uh, put on, like, the skeletons or, or any of the figures. Uh, so, again, you know, there's... This is a new co- a new line, you know, great stuff. Uh, Boss Fight has been around for years. Uh, they've done a lot of work on the GI Joe lines, uh, as far as sculpting wise, and they're just now get and they're now getting their own uh, toys out there. So I'm saying, you know, if you are a huge fan of the three and three quarter inch line and you're looking for new li- new figures to add to your collection. Because there is not much out there anymore, not, at least not mass marketed or mass produced, I should say. Uh, then this is, I would highly recommend this line, especially if you want something diverse from the typical, you know, from typically what you see in stores. And I, I'm telling you right now, this stuff is so much better than anything you see in The paint apps and the detail alone on everything is yeah. amazing. I, you've got these sculpted armor pieces. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at Medusa, and she has this s- snake whip, but it's 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 a whip that's made out of the bones of a snake. And each and every like rib bone and things like that is in there. And then even at the end of the whip, the handle, you've got a snake skull skeleton, and it's all painted and detailed. And everything like that. I mean, you've got uh, Leonidas here in the Amazon. They have the the traditional uh, uh, Greek leather armor that has the sculpted like abs and stuff yeah. like that. Even to the point of having the little belly button sculpted in the deal. And it, I'm telling you, these are amazingly well done figures. I even even the Hasbro stuff. I think the Hasbro stuff. G.I. Joe-wise and even Marvel Universe that comes closest to being as detailed and well done as this was the, the G.I. Joe stuff, the, the Pursuit of Cobra stuff that had oh, some yeah. of the best figures, I yeah. mean, uh, you know, and most detailed. That's that's the only thing I can think of that comes close to what they're doing with these right now. And even those weren't as detailed or as articulated as these are. Yeah. 
Did you go over the price point on this yet? Like how much? Uh, the price or... points, uh, they're at about twenty one ninety nine. So they're a little over twenty dollars, and you can only purchase them from their online store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there are there's a couple other online stores that are starting to sell them, but you can get them primarily from BossFightStudios.com. Uh, uh, yeah, but they're the figures are about twenty one ninety nine, I believe. They're they're in that twenty dollar range, uh, but you can get like the blank figures for fourteen and the skeletons also for fourteen ninety nine. And I, the the amount of stuff with you get with each figure, and you and you don't realize it unless you pull the figure apart and pull all the parts and pieces and everything like that. Because most of it's already on the figure when it's in the package. Mm-hmm. When you take everything apart and realize all the little pieces of armor and everything like that, twenty one dollars is or twenty two dollars is is a, a great price. Absolutely, and they are currently taking pre orders for wave five which will have you know more you know they'll have another amazon warrior they'll have a uh, a skeleton and with uh, an armor uh they'll probably have another gorgon figure uh i mean and let me just read off some of the figures that are in these waves right now you know with wave one you can get medusa a spartan warrior a gorgon horde uh, that uh a, a gorgon horde coral gorgon which is a basic gorgon you know, humans, uh, female snake uh, combination, uh, but she's painted up in a like a coral snake. Uh, and you can also get a cursed stone Spartan, which is a basic Spartan figure, but he's all like like he got hit. Medusa took a look at him and he was turned to stone. Um, with Wave Two, you can get uh, Sathino, uh, uh, Medusa's sister. You can get the Athenian warrior. You can get a another green Gorgon horde, but it's a gr- painted as a green mamba, and you can get an underworld warrior. Uh, and the underworld warrior is painted up like he's got lava pouring all over him. Uh, wave three, you can get Uriel. You can get a Myrmidon warrior. You can get another Gorgon horde figure, but it's painted like a black racer snake. And then you can get a Leonidas. Wave four gives you an Amazon warrior. A disciple of Uriel, a soldier, a Gorgon horde that's uh, uh, that's a, a Calibra da snake. I probably slaughtered that word. So, <laughs> and then you can get a, a unique named character named uh, Stonefist the Gorgon Hunter, who's a kind of who's a using basic uh, Greek warrior, but his arm his left arm is covered in stone, like he was you know tur- st- beginning to turn to stone. Oh wow! So, uh, and that's just the uh, the first four waves. I mean, I you know maybe we'll probably get some pictures up on our Facebook to show y'all what some of these look like, and uh, definitely check out the Boss Fight Studios for the re- pictures of the rest of the line, and uh, definitely support it. I mean, you know, the more toy lines that we can get out there, the more we'll have. Yeah, I like the customization part of it. I may have to take a look at take a look at that. See what I can build. Do they have like weapons packs that are like like guns and stuff? Well, or they have they... accessory packs. Right now, all they have is just the uh, the basic premises of the Greeks and Gorgons. Okay. So that's all they have right now in regards to like accessory packs for the figures. But more stuff is coming. Yeah. Well, didn't you tell me that they are uh, working on a comic book for the Vitruvian hacks specifically? Yeah. That they... will help tell a story that will lead into some of their other figures. Yeah, absolutely. There, uh, there's plans for a. Uh, the, their Vitruvian hacks is going to, whenever they release more waves and stuff, it's all going to be interconnected. They're going to have a, you know, 
more of a core group of uh, characters uh, that are what they call the crux of the Vitruvian universe. Uh, characters that, you know, travel through time and space. And they're going to do a, you know, make toys of these figures, but they're also going to do the comic, like Brian said. Uh, they're going to do a graphic novel that ties it all in together. And that's something they're going to be kickstarting. Uh, I would definitely uh, follow, you know, check out their website. You can follow them on Facebook and then get more news on that as it becomes available. Nice. All right, so I guess we're going to start a new uh, uh, review scale. <laughs> and uh, Chase had a pretty good idea by calling uh, something uh, mint last time. So I'm just going to go over our scale uh, right now. So uh, we're going to use uh, basically a comic book grading scale <laughs> to review stuff. Um, so poor is going to be the worst of the worst. Uh, and it's going to go, uh, and then the top of the top is going to be mint. And so we've got an in-between here. So I'll, I'll read them off from the worst to worst to the best. So our grading scale is going to start at poor, go to good, go to very good, go to fine, go to very fine, then go to near mint, and then the best of the best is going to be mint. And uh, I think uh, from now on we'll all chime in on what we think about these figures and where they fit in our review scale. Um, so me... Uh, the, the, the customization, customization aspect of these and the, the fact that it's uh, Greek and Gorgon stuff, which Greek stuff I just I, I absolutely love. I love the armor. I love the culture. I love the, the, the spears, the warrior attitude, all anything like that. I just I very I romanticize it quite a bit in my head. So for me, these are definitely a mint, uh, a mint figure series. Um, and uh, I will hopefully in some day own some. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, what do you think about these? Uh, I would give them a uh, mint as well. I like I like the sizing of it. Uh, the detail's really good. Like just looking from here, like the the shield. It's crazy. Like how like on most toys, it would just be like a, a cuff. Like on, like on my Mythic Legions figures, uh, like that one, it's got the you know it's got the handle for the hand slides through it, and it's got the cuff around it. And even like on the shield itself, it looks like you can tell like you know it was made like from like from the way it's supposed to look like it's made from two pieces right uh to make the shield in the, the front of the shield where it has that cool greek design on there i mean the detail on it is is amazing the articulation is is uh, amazing um yeah and then of course the whole the whole greek thing which i'm a huge huge fan of as well uh you know and i like how like you know the the armor part is is hard the part that's supposed to be leathery is a little softer uh but yeah i i dig it i give her i give it a mint yeah i since I do own these, uh, and I, you know, when they first announced this, along with some of the other Kickstarter lines, you know, this was the one I was the most interested in. And uh, it's the scale I prefer, scale I collect in. You know, the, the fact that it is, and I, I am a huge fan of, like, the Greek stuff as well, but even if it wasn't, even if I wasn't, the fact that it's something different and is a huge plus to me. Uh, the detail in all the figures. I mean, it's just incredible. The the fact that everything is removable, uh, the fact that everything pops apart so easily as a customizer myself, the fact that I can take one of these and pop everything apart and not have to risk, you know, injuring myself trying to pry a body apart <laughs> is a huge plus. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, Mint is... That's... That's, that's the... <laughs> These are definitely mint. I mean, they're they're almost about as perfect of an action figure as you can get. Yeah, I agree. Now, like in the back of that 
what's the Medusa sister? Like her. Uh, the Steno? Yeah, like she's got the, even like the snake design on the. Oh, yeah. The, the, oh, on, the, on her yeah, little skirt her thing. Little yeah, skirt. It's, it, it's just amazing. Yeah. The, uh, the amount of detail and, and like I said the paint apps just kill me because they, I, I haven't seen a figure series that has ever done paint apps this well so so mints all around yay woo from days of long ago comes a legend the legend of Voltron defender of the universe five fearless lion robots luck lion green lion yellow lion red lion Blue Lion. No, four, five, four. Who together form Voltron. Lion sets each sold separately from Matchbox. Silverhawks. Partly metal, partly real. Mighty warriors with the powers to protect space from all evil. Figures with weapon birds sold separately. Slybird, surgery board, quicksilver, activate power wings, Caliwalk, engage scissor wings. Now take him down. Mumbo Jumbo Airshot. It's hero stomping time. No way. Buzzsaw with Shredder, Quicksilver with Caliwalk. Other figures with weapon birds sold separately. Silverhawks, new from Kenner. We're going to go into our, our uh, Fanboy 5 this time. Um, we... Uh, I think each of our lists are going to be a little bit different just yeah. because we gave it a little bit more generic thing. We just said top five toy lines. Uh, I personally decided to do things that wasn't obvious, like Masters of the Universe and things like that. Ones that either I had a fondness for or always wanted yeah. uh, a good amount of. And that's kind of where I went. Yeah. Um, we you want know. to do it like each of us just do our five. Because it seems like it's going to be mix and match. Yeah, let's, really let's like... just each of us do our own top five and you know give a little explanation as to why you came up with this top five uh, before you start. And uh, I'll go ahead and start. Cool. Um, my uh, my honorable mention this time is the the Voltron and the GI Joe Sigma Six series. Yeah. Uh, Voltron, I never had a lot of them. I really liked them and everything like that. They were fairly basic, but I loved the idea of the three and three quarter characters fitting in the lines, and then all of that being able to build up into Voltron. It was yeah. really really cool. There wasn't a whole lot to them. My cousin had some of them. They were they or had all of them actually. Yeah. And they were all pretty cool. I re I really liked them. As far as the GI Joe Sigma Six, I think it's it's one of those lesser known GI Joe lines, um, but they were taller figures. They were uh, eight-inch figures. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I liked about them is they had these little holes and pegs and things like that, and they're like gear, oh, like yeah. kind of snapped onto them and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was really cool. But you took a GI Joe collector and you tried to make them buy a bigger scale figures, and it didn't work well. Yeah. I thought they were really well done, really well crafted figures, but it, in the long run, it didn't last long. Um, so my number five for this uh, top toy lines is Centurions. Again, one of the same reasons I like the G.I. Joe Sigma-6, because of the snapping on gear and things like that. And Centurions was really cool because you bought the main character, and he had this suit of armor or suit that did different things. And then you could buy, like, expansions that were specific yeah. for him like that would add or... stuff. But you could mix and match those armor pieces and things like that and yeah. do different things with them and come up with your own thing. So that's that's why I like that. Um, number four was Silverhawks. Again, mm -hmm. I just like the idea of the figures. I love the, the vacuum metal silver uh, or shiny paints um i liked the the wings I, I i really enjoyed the cartoon i think it's it's one of those ones for whatever reason it didn't gain the same popularity as as uh he-man or thundercats even though i think it had the potential yeah. to do it it had, uh, a, it had a cool theme song too yeah um 
So that, that's why I like Silverhawks. Uh, the next one would be Jace and the Wheeled Warriors, and I don't know that we <laughs> talked about this one. I had it on my list, but it never, <laughs> it never came up. Um, I like this one a lot. Uh, again, it's the, the customizable thing. You snap things together. You can put things on. But it was a much smaller scale. I mean, there, there wasn't even really figures. They were just vehicles. Yeah. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, you had little guys that would go in the little cockpits. But you could mix and match the different thing. And it's another one where the cartoon was pretty cool. I really liked the idea yeah. behind it and what they were doing with it and really enjoyed it. Um, my number two is Exosquad, and I talked a little bit about this earlier in the episode. The The size of the figures was really cool. The the armor and the things like that, the value that you for everything that you got was really neat. Um, and it, it wasn't one of those where you could snap and put a whole lot of parts on, but you could customize a little bit and do your own little thing with them, and that was really neat. And I, I just like the idea of them being in the big mech suits yeah. and stuff like that. And then... Uh, my number one for this is is mask, and again I talked about mm-hmm. this a little bit. While typically I'm more of a three and three quarter collector or or one eighteenth scale collector, there was something about the mask, the exo squad uh, that I just liked that scale, and yeah. it was it was really a lot about the vehicles because I I'm, even with GI Joe I love the vehicles even more so than I love the figures. Yeah. And so mask and exo squad just had these fantastic figures. And fantastic stuff that I just really, really loved about them. Um, uh, I don't remember much about the Mask cartoon, so I can't really account of that. But I will say that uh, some of these, all of these had a cartoon that I liked and enjoyed a whole lot. And maybe that's why I picked these lists, (laughs) these figures on this, or these lines on this list. But that's my, uh, that's my fanboy five for uh, uh, toy lines. Nice. Who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go. It looks like Chase is still writing stuff. <laughs> He's researching. Uh, so I went. My list was uh, top. My top five toy lines uh, growing up. Uh, my number five, uh, and it was hard to to put this together. Actually, I'll go with my honorable mention because my honorable mention is another like sacrilegious one. For <laughs> favorite toy lines of all time. You don't even have it in your top five. Was just uh, Star Wars uh, all together. And plus, I mean, I'm, I'm a, of an age where I mean, I was like a few months old when Star Wars came out. Right. Then probably still too young for Empire Strikes Back, even though I had toys from it. Uh-huh. So Return of the Jedi was the movie I saw in theaters and had the most toys for. So, I mean, as big of a Star Wars geek as, as I am, when you look back at, like, my childhood, it's like, I didn't know a lot about Star Wars other than then it was just, like, a cool thing that everybody was talking about at the time. Uh, you know, and I had some Star I had the shuttle Tiderian is probably like the biggest toy. Most of my toys are Return of the Jedi figures, uh, toys anywhere. I had the, uh, you know, the Jedi Luke with the cool, uh, to me, my memory was that it was a, a gray or black cape, but like when I see pictures of it now, it's like brown. Yeah. Uh, had Han Solo with his camouflage, uh, jacket, uh, the speeder bike with the speeder trooper, uh, scout trooper or whatever. Uh, but I didn't have a, a lot of Star Wars toys. Uh, you know, I had a lot of those, like the, the little vehicles that were supposed to be like small versions of the big vehicles. Right. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I did have a, a quite a bit of those toys, but not as fun. Because at that point, then the 80s toys really blew up. So like Star Wars kind of got pushed to the side once everything else started coming out. Uh, which will lead me to my number five, which was uh, Superpowers. Mm. Uh, which I, I loved a lot because that um, I was getting comics. Uh, at the time, probably not reading them, just looking at the pictures or probably coloring inside of them. Uh, but then I remember, you know, the super power, the super friends cartoon, which just eventually bled into like superpowers, which introduced like uh, Firestorm, uh, and at, at some point like Cyborg. 
um, and I, I like those those toys. Uh, I thought the uh, the design was good, like the Batman, <coughs> uh, which I loved was was great. You get a, you know you can finally get you know a Batman and Robin uh, duo together. Uh, you know, Superman's cool. They had cool action features that you know kind of went with you know what their powers were. Like Flash, he'd squeeze his arms together to make his legs move. Uh, I think for the most part, most of them just had punching features. Yeah. Uh, I think Wonder Woman, like when you squeeze her legs, her uh, she would have like the bracelet action, like her arms would move up in front of her face mm. uh, to kind of block with her bracelets. Uh, but it's cool. And I had, I mean, that really bright colors, like Green Lantern was like. The, the the black and the green of his costume looked awesome, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, superpowers was an awesome line for me. Uh, they had cool vehicles. I mean, you get. I mean, to me, it was essentially just a Batman line that happened to have other characters because you got a Batmobile, you had a Batcopter, uh, you get the Hall of Justice and stuff like that. Um, and I would go with like my number four, which I'm really surprised is this far up on the list and not lower, was the uh, Ninja Turtles. Uh, but that's mainly because of like for my list was mainly like what affected me in the '80s. At that point, in the late late '80s, I was already you know getting getting older. I wasn't playing with them toys as much as I was, even though I had a ton of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, and and vehicle they had cool vehicles. The 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 van uh, was probably the biggest thing that I had of theirs. Um, and it was cool to, you know to get uh, action figures for characters that you would see on the cartoon. Uh, which was just one of those things where you're just like, let's see what how crazy a character we can create right. uh, for one episode of a cartoon just make a toy of it. Uh, but, you know, I, I love those toys. Just the And I, I didn't have any of, like, the gimmick turtles. I just had the standard original four turtles, although I did have the Donatello with the uh, where you could open his back and store weapons in it, which I think was the first one that they made like that, and then they ended up doing the, the other three that way. Yeah. <coughs> uh, and just, like, the did they ever make a, a Krang... Uh, Robot body, yeah, they for did. That, did they? Yeah, I always wanted the uh, what was the neutrinos car, but they build it as like Bebop and Rocksteady's <laughs> yeah. floating car. I always wanted that. I think I had that. Oh yeah, that was going. Cool. I had the uh, the blimp, uh-huh. uh, which was I mean just a really cool, really cool line. Uh, pizza shoot. Yeah, oh yeah, pizza no, shoot. I didn't have that. It was like the the pizza oven that shot yeah. like uh, pizza or. Yeah. or Sewer yeah, sewer lids or something. No, it was it was pizza. Was it pizza? Yeah. I guess it would have to be if it was a pizza maker. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, just just vehicles and stuff that you wouldn't think to have because most toy lines would just have like standard type vehicles like a car, or a jet, and like the Ninja Turtles line, like they had a uh, the jet ski for the bad guys that had like electric eels <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as a weapon, uh, or Michelangelo's. Uh, a skateboard that had a like a fan on the back of it yeah. that had a foot that would kick out underneath it. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a, just an awesome, colorful line. Uh, my number three was gonna, is going to be uh, GI Joe, and for almost the same reasons, which I mean, is highly portable. Uh, you could you know uh, play with with the figures by themselves without necessarily needing vehicles, just to make you know your own uh, fights that way. Uh, the vehicles were awesome. It's one of the things that. I feel the the live action movies miss uh, about uh, on that is like just making vehicles because mm-hmm. uh, they don't have a lot of the cool vehicles in those live action movies that were a big cornerstone of that line. <laughs> and plus, you know, you buy a vehicle and more uh, nine times out of ten, it probably would come with a with the figure, figure as well. Yeah. And I remember having the uh, the radio controlled uh, car that came oh, with like yeah. a, really, a really cool figure that had a really cool gun. I had a ton of those. Um, the you know the jet G.I. Joe's jet. Um, I always wanted the uh, what was the black uh, jet that Cobra had? Night, that had another yeah. The night I always wanted that. I wanted that so I could play uh, 
uh, what was that uh, Clint Eastwood movie? Firefox. Firefox. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can have live action Firefox if I had that jet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just really cool. Like uh, great figures. I like that they evolved the articulation from the original, from the the, the first uh, uh, figures of that size. Because uh, those would break fairly easily. I had a lot of GI Joes that didn't have any thumbs and couldn't <laughs> hold their weapons any longer. Right. Uh, and from there, I would go with number two was Transformers. Uh, which, when I think back, I feel like I had a lot, but when I think back, I don't think I had too many Transformers. Uh, and they were uh, they, they were they were they were harder to play with because you had to do a lot to get right. them in the any to, you know you wanted to be a vehicle. This, this scene is going to involve them in vehicle modes here. Okay, let me transform all five of these guys right. to get them over here and then turn them back into robots. Uh, but I, I, that, I thought they were awesome. It was a completely different, you know, you get your action figure and your vehicle in one, right. uh, or whatever gimmick it was. It was a camera or a boom box. Uh, and some of the articulation was cool. Like Soundwave, I thought had really good articulation in his yeah. robot form. And he had a cool gimmick of opening up his chest and his little cassettes would shoot out. Well, they were very durable too. Cause at oh, least yeah. the first ones anyway, cause they yeah. were metal They were and a mix plastic. of metal and plastic before they just started going like all plastic. Yeah. And of course, Optimus Prime, which I have two of still. <laughs> uh, never had Megatron, so Soundwave was the leader of my Decepticons, and then eventually Shockwave, uh, and then eventually Cyclonus, um, and then uh, I never I had Hot Rod. Never had Rodimus Prime, which I didn't really like the design of him anyway. Uh, but yeah, and I had the uh, the cardboard base. The oh, Autobot yeah. base, where it was just like the box that it came in. You could turn into the base. Yep. Uh, which I thought that was really awesome. Uh, Omega Supreme, I had him. Uh, just a lot of uh, variety in there as far as like the vehicles and the robot modes. Uh, then I'll go with my number one, which we had a whole episode about, is <laughs> uh, Masters of the Universe. Uh, just because I mean, out of all of these, I think this one's pretty simplistic. I mean, you get what you get. I mean, you get five points of articulation for the most part. Uh, cool accessories. It doesn't have, they didn't like shove it down your throat of like, you know, them coming with too many accessories. You get a comic book, which superpowers came with as well. Right. Uh, but, you know, you get a mini comic, uh, a cool story, cool background, uh, on the characters. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, and, um, uh, awesome vehicles, awesome play sets. Uh, you know, pretty durable figures until the legs break off. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, they're pretty fun. I mean, you can play with them without the accessories, with the accessories, uh, you know, create your own adventures. But the backstory is awesome. I don't know, when, when did they introduce the whole Keldor thing, which I never... <laughs> that was, that was, uh, uh, the, that was like way later. Like, like I, line, I, yeah. yeah, like I never felt that that was his story to me. <laughs> like I built, I made my own ancient story for him. Right. Uh, but yeah, just really cool characters. The introduction of Hordak later on and his guys uh, was was pretty awesome. Like they tried to keep that line fresh as much as they could with different uh, introducing different characters. Uh, and then there there are gimmicks like Stinkor smelling Mossman <laughs> being fuzzy, uh, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Masters of the Universe. I mean, it's still a line that I mean I still collect. You know, the toys today of like you know if, if i find it like at the store like buying triclops like i said in the last episode or right. still happy that you know super seven is taking over the classics line so we can get more more action figures uh, i mean it just has a really special place in my heart it's probably like the first toys that i started collecting you know wanting the the you know to get to get all of them and uh, you know just just awesome playability uh but yeah but that's my that's my fanboy five of my favorite toy lines who next well, I'm going to start off with uh, my honorable mention. It's going to be the Captain Power line. Uh, it was just, 
to me, my my decisions are going to be based off stuff that helped kind of influenced how I sell toy lines, what I really thought was just really cool. And it's just it's kind of the way I see things, you know, just, again, like how it's influenced me. I don't know really how else to explain it. Uh, let me say, Captain Powers, my uh, honorable mention, it just... It was such a unique concept that I don't think got, I, I don't think it got the recognition it deserved. I don't, I think it, I don't think, I think it could follow along as something more, a more obscure line just because I don't, it didn't have the wide range that some of the other more popular toy lines had. But you had a line that was compatible with, I mean, it had everything that, made G.I. Joe and Star Wars popular, too. It was just on a lesser scale. I mean, if if the line had a chance to catch on, I mean, there's no telling where it could have gone. Uh, you had unique unique characters, very cool characters. I mean, uh, to be honest, uh, I used, uh, it, was, it was a combination of Star Wars and G.I. Joe and the concept. Uh, and plus, just having the, uh, the interaction with... Uh, being able to interact with the TV and, you know, do stuff along, having that technology was way ahead of its time. So, yeah, uh, Captain Power was my honorable mention. Number five is Bionic 6. And, you know, it falls into that scale that I enjoy. Uh, and, again, like the Captain Power, I don't think it got the recognition it deserved or the uh, chance to be as popular as it could have been. Uh, you, you had... Uh, Again, the having the metal bodies with the plastic, see-through plastic, was not done regularly. You had interesting characters. You had interesting villains. I, it was just, it was a fun line. So, uh, yeah, that one's on number five. Number four will be Secret Wars. Mm. Uh, it was my introduction to Marvel Comics. It was my, it, you know, I wouldn't know who Spider-Man or Captain America or Iron Man or Doctor or any of these characters. Heck, I wouldn't even know who Kang the Conqueror was <laughs> without you no know, having Secret Wars figures. I mean, they, they it opened the door for more comic-based properties to be done uh, during a time period where original stuff was dominating the toy shelves like G.I. Joe and uh, Transformers and Masters of the Universe and Thundercats and Silverhawk and all those other lines. So the, for Marvel to get a line out there that is so well received still to this day, I absolutely. Uh, number four is going to be uh, G.I. Joe. I mean, we for all the same reasons we've all explained, it's such a versatile line. I mean, for me, it, uh, I didn't really get heavy into it until the, that 90s period. Uh, sure, a lot. It's the 90s stuff is not very well fondly remembered as the earlier stuff, but as someone who was getting into that the comic book stuff and coming up with my own ideas and characters, you know, you have the you get a, these GI Joe figures that are these very colorful, unique looking designs. Your imagination runs wild. And that's what I did with those the G.I. Joe figures, you know. So, plus vehicles, play sets, affordability. <laughs> I, how could you pass that up? So, yeah, absolutely. G.I. Joe's number three. Number two, Masters of the Universe. Uh, even though this was the line that my first ever toy line and some of my favorite toys came from, uh, to me, it's... Again, it defines what I loved about 
toys. It, it gave me idea of how I see the way, whether it be toys, comics, TV shows, how I see the way they should be portrayed. Uh, I mean, it, I can't say any more about this toy line that I haven't already that I didn't already say in the previous <laughs> uh, podcast. So I'll move on to my number one, which is superpowers. I again introduction to DC Comics through superpowers. The it was the perfect scale for figures at that time uh, for a superhero line. You had a wide. I mean, it it had everything to me. It had everything that GI Joe had. But it was superheroes. Yeah. I mean, you had a wide range of characters, bright, uh, brightly colored, very vibrant colors. All you know, iconic characters, all in their iconic costumes. You had iconic vehicles. You know, you had if if you're a DC fan, this was the perfect DC toy line for you at the time. You know, you and you know we talk like about you know gimmicks and toys and stuff. Superpowers had the gimmicks with them, but they never affected the overall play of the figure so uh yeah my number one is superpowers right, well, anything else you guys want to say or oh man those are some good lists yeah. did you have your uh uh do we have any uh, people for top yeah, five lists we actually have uh one more than we had the last list that we did uh-huh. uh we'll go with uh we had somebody on facebook uh, post their their list. Luckily, they, I mean, they didn't post any reasons reasons why. They just gave us their list. Uh, Philip Joseph Harville. Do you guys know him personally? Yes. Cool. Uh, his was uh, from my own childhood in no particular order. Teddy Ruxpin, <laughs> Chubbles, Popples. I think he's just saying mm-hmm. saying sounds. <laughs> uh, Popples, uh, Dino Riders. Yeah, just one I always wanted, but never had any of. I always thought their dinosaurs actually looked super cool. Like it was like, oh, you know, the most realistic looking. Funny dinosaurs. story about that because a lot of their molds were used later on to make uh, Jurassic Park. No, they were made for Smithsonian toys. Oh, that's right. Oh, really? Accurate representations of the dinosaurs. Oh wow, that's, that's right. crazy. I knew they were done for something like that. Uh, and then as number five was uh, the Nintendo Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that might be a little bit cheating there, Joseph. I'm yeah. not sure. That, but that does make me I'm excited for that new Nintendo Classic game system over there. Oh my gosh, that looks fantastic. I want that so bad. I'm glad that it has like a version of Contra. It's got Super Contra on it. Uh-huh. And Excite Bike. I wish it had Paperboy. Man, it's it's got uh uh it's got uh, uh Final Fantasy and the mm-hmm. first two Legends of Zelda. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, uh, they had me at Excite Bike and uh Ninja Gaiden. Uh, and Super Contra, man. although I wish it just had regular Contra. <laughs> uh, and then our last list was uh, submitted. Oh, I the wrong one. There it is. Uh, at on Twitter uh, at pure underscore soul, and that's S O L. Who happens to also be my cousin Mandy. Oh, okay. Shout out to Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Uh, and we were talking uh, last night. She said she was going to send me reasons why, and she didn't, so we're just going to go down her list. Well, you missed your chance. Yeah, you missed All your right. chance. You defend yourself on this list. Uh, her number five was She-Ra. Uh, her number four was My Little Pony. Uh, oh, hold on here. <laughs> her number three was Barbie. I must have. She must have given this list messed up. Her number two was uh, My Little Pony again. <laughs> she must have really loved My Little Pony. Uh, and then uh, number one uh, was Cabbage Patch Kids. 
I, I know my cousin had My Little Ponies and things like that. I think the closest you had that were crossover was like, you know, Care Bears could go both ways. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, it's, 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 it's good that we had somebody bring that and, list. And in. who didn't have yeah. a pound puppy back in the Oh, 80s. yeah. I had a pound puppy and he had a satin jacket. <laughs> then I had a, a Cabbage Patch Kid, too. Mostly, mostly because of the craze. And I'm sure my mother was just like, I can't have my child not have right whatever the craze is. <laughs> Well, I know my wife, she, every year her parents would get her uh, the holiday Barbie for that year and a oh, Cabbage yeah. Patch Kid. Yeah. So. I don't know if my Cabbage Patch Kid had a name. I don't think I ever named him. Poor I, I never you even got play one. with one? No, I mean, they're not really play, They're not even one. really playable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they were geared it's a towards. doll. <laughs> yeah. It was a doll. I didn't want it. Like, so. I can't give you this responsibility to take care of this. <laughs> I, what? I, I didn't agree to this adoption. <laughs> Send it back to the patch. <laughs> Well, those are our lists, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to participate, be sure to uh, follow us on our uh, social media pages when we announce like what themes for our upcoming episodes will be, and feel free to participate. Yep, and we're doing uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram. Instagram? Did we get one of those yet? I don't remember. Was I supposed to do that? I thought you said that, you were that was probably yeah, I think, supposed to I think be we me. have it on. on All right, record. never mind. Um, that's that's <laughs> supposed to be me. So no, we don't have an Instagram yet. <laughs> so what what are those? Uh, what are our handles so that people can get to us on? on um, for Facebook, too. they can just search us for on uh, the the Near Mint Fanboys. Uh, Twitter, we are uh, uh, at Near Mint Fanboys. The uh, website is uh, thenearmintfanboys.com. Uh, you can email us at uh, nearmintfanboys at gmail.com if you have a lot more to say than whatever 120 characters Twitter has. Uh, or you can go to Duncanville Bookstore and talk to Brian face-to-face. You can talk to me <laughs> on um, Duncanville Bookstore ah, in the store or, or contact us through the Facebook page <laughs> of a Duncanville Bookstore. Um, and I guess we should be hip and cool and come up with some cool hashtag thing, but we haven't done that yet, so we're working on it. Yeah, I was trying to come I would up like some hash browns. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, if you have any idea, because I'm trying to come up with a hashtag that we can use for like if we want to ask uh, the the store employees any questions, like Brian or Chase, if they have any like want to know the workings of what we it's do like a hashtag for the uh, for the top five or the fanboy five. Yeah, we've got that. Nobody used it. <laughs> but, well, what is it? Is it is it fanboy and then the number five? Uh, yeah, I just did the number five. That way it saves a couple of characters. There you go. So hashtag fanboy number, number five. five. All right, guys. Another great episode. We want to close with anything? Uh, I think we're good. We're uh, good. Not yeah. sure what we're going to do next, uh, but... Uh, wow. We'll keep, surprise you. <laughs> yeah. Keep posted on the Facebook page. We'll get it up there and uh, the website and... Uh, Y'all have a good one. We'll yeah. see you on the flip side. Peace. To be continued. Would anybody say that the 80s G.I. Joe was not as good as G.I. Joe Extreme? <laughs>
Who's got fond memories of the 